guys and girls, and welcome to episode 167 of the F Reality Podcast. These are the four VR dudes you're looking for. Grab your blue bantha milk and settle down as we discuss this week's top VR news. We're going to be talking about John Carmack teasing 120 hertz mode for the Oculus Quest 2. Blood and Truth is getting a 4K update for PSVR on PS5. We give you our hands-on impressions of Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. Zim gives us his thoughts on the HP Reverb G2 from a sim racer's perspective. And to round up the show, Zim has got some awesome free games and new releases for you to look forward to next week. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been the highlight of, highlight of the week this week. Also, let us know what you played in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up, this guy will whip you into shape and get you sweating in your VR headset. It's VR personal trainer, Slim Talk 5. <laughs> How are you doing? How many more names are we going to make up for Zim? That's what I want to know. So many. I've got oh lists. God. Slim Talk. Slim uh, Jim. Slim Talk. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's all good. It's all good. Been a good week. Thanks to, uh, thanks to my little friend Mike here who, uh, who, who decided to ship me his headset. Uh, I, I I had a good time with uh, with Mike here, wow. who decided was it good, Mike? <laughs> so we had a good time. We had a good time with the uh, sim racing on the G two. Thank you, Mike, for sending the headset and the mini mini U, of course. I still like that pillow. Oh, Although I've been threatening to cap it on eBay because um, I was like, I wonder what I could get for Mike's head on eBay. It's got to go for a, a good price by now, you know. What yeah, channel at least you pay? five English pounds for that. <laughs> at least five. At least five. Uh, but my my highlight of the week, <sighs> mine mine was as you guys know I'm 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 way too much into my music and uh, I, I mentioned it last week and I kind of not didn't know if it was going to be any good but I went to this venues event which was uh, done by Major Laser and it was like the most hopping VR event I've ever done better than the Wave uh, which is a really high bar in my opinion it wasn't as soulful as uh, the Wave the Wave really touched. Uh, touched me kind of in a special place when I went to see it, and it was very volumetric. This was kind of what you would have expected. It was um, a mix, a kind of a blend between uh, VR 360 video plus some stage elements, including pyrotechnics and lighting um, around the stage, and a beckon killer set. If anyone know, doesn't know um, Major Laser, it's very like reggae and dance hall, and um, because I grew up in the Caribbean, like that music when it gets going just gets me lit up and I was hopping around like an idiot uh, in my room uh, beaten to this music it was just amazing and I got to see other people like literally you could tell that the ones who were literally jumping and moving about you know in venues um, the biggest disappointment though was I was trying to get with other friends who liked music and I could see other people at the event but going to you, once you're in a full room of 10 or whatever it is in your instance you can't easily connect with another person Right. So tagging on uh, to a friend, I feel like what they should do um, is instead of limiting it to like a hard 10, like if there's friends, let them just flow into that room because it's not going to mm. drop the server just if, you know, 10 shift over. Even if it maxed out at 20, it's probably still be fine. But they need that kind of a flow system so that friend on friend action can happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Know? Because like, you know, that's the magic of VR, right? Experiencing it with your friends and family and other people. Yeah, right, that you but, know. Yeah, but that you know, but also the stranger's side. It was the first time I felt like I was at an actual music gig. 
Uh, and that was really nice. I could tell there was this like social barrier for a lot of people where they were kind of giggling and feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I, I find I'm, I find it easier to kind of shed that layer um, once I'm a kind of a track or two in. But it was really good. The biggest sad thing is even my uh, kind of screen stripping ADB solution cannot record in venues. So they've managed a way to block wow. that. So I oh, could wow. not record. I was all set up ready to record. <laughs> black screen couldn't get a thing um and you can't record on the device you there's nothing you can do other than sticking a camera in the headset or something um and mm. I, it's sad because of course it's a recorded thing right it's, it's not live it's not a live performance um and i'd love to see that again uh just like like with the wave you know go go back again sometime um but that was definitely my highlight by far so if people did miss it um uh, the first time around is there a way to watch it again or is there going to be a repeat of the event or uh, anything like that you think I've, I've been hunting at it and tweeting at the band i i don't know um at this point there's no uh, it, i think it's just a live event and it's going to sail past in time which for all the work that they put into it and the dancers etc were incredible i i think um you know it's the first music event that didn't feel awkward and to not be able to show that again to other people is weird it's the first event Mm. where they're not in front of a live audience they had a small audience and you could tell they were talking to them and every so often they'd call out like hey guys make some noise and it was like one you know mic guy or something talking in the crowd but aside from that it 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 kind of shed this 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 kind of skin layer of awkwardness that most live events like I, i went to one for um uh, Pussifer, another band that I follow. I went to one for like Calvin Harris. He had a really good YouTube series uh, over the summer that felt really good. It was very hopping. Um, but pretty much all of these have had some manner of like, you can tell they're, you know, um, presenting to a, a, an empty room and it just shows right. and it feels weird. This one got past that. So I was really glad to get that vibe and just feel like I was clubbing again. Yeah, um, absolutely. absolutely. That. It's absolutely. actually interesting yeah, because we have someone 100%. in the chat who also joined uh, the live stream Dark Angel 3 and uh, she said that uh, you were not even able to take a selfie with the venue in the background. It was all black. It's an interesting strategy yeah, to do that. It only said, uh, it said Oculus venues or something. So you pose for a selfie, oh. you have your friends there and behind <laughs> you is just a big banner and the band wouldn't show up. So it was like, you couldn't <laughs> capture it. weird because if you look at... Um, if you look at like for example those Fortnite events they're being streamed by like you know a, m- a million streamers on every single platform and the kind of exposure they get through that is is even even bigger uh, it's a kind of weird way but as we know with like copyright you know uh, problems on Twitch mm-hmm. and YouTube now it's really clamping down on those sort of things so i can understand why Oculus are putting these kind of measures in place and i think it's kind of smart in a way because um, it reassures the uh, the content provider that you know, it's not going to be put yeah. online or and someone can watch it for free. So in a way, it's a good thing, like I suppose. Epic Game does in order to buy those copyrights for uh, for <clears> that particular show. Uh, yeah, the, the, it, you see it a lot more now. Uh, Hendry, for example, um, you know, an old experience that you used mm-hmm. to play on the Rift mm-hmm. um, is also copyright protected now. Well, it wasn't before. Felix and Paul Studios, their 360s are now protected by, uh, by this uh, uh, piracy oh. thing too. So... When you are on your quest and you want to record or you want to make a photo, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't. Mm, yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But solid yeah. recommendation there. So that was Major Laser and that was in Oculus Venues, right? Oculus Venues, which I'm liking nice. more and more, actually. I spent a yeah. good amount of time in there watching uh, Gavin do some slow-mo guys stuff with my dad as well. And so I recommend <laughs> that if anyone's into science and stuff. That and slow-mo stereoscopic is quite cool. Solid mm. recommendation there. Yeah, go and hit up some content in Venues. Um, so next up, some say this guy completed the Kessel Run in just 11 parsecs. 
It's our friend from a galaxy far, far away. It's the one and only Nathy. How you doing, dude? You all right? It's a me, a Nathy. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> back on track. <laughs> on track, back on track. It's going to be a blast. That's right. Let's dive um, in. Yeah. Let's dive in. Let's dive right Let's, into the metaphors. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, that's me. That's that's my jam. How have uh, you been? I've been uh, pretty good. Yeah, I, um, I've actually have been playing a lot of mini golf and population mm. one. Um, mm. And, and um, I don't know if you if you've seen the last show on video, then you must have noticed once where I left the studio because for some reason when Zim started talking about this mini golf game, I got triggered. I was like, I need to charge it now. And we're gonna play it after the show, <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, because I, I did see some videos of it, and and um, I thought it was awesome. I'm talking about a uh, walkabout mini golf. Um, I also tr- uh, played pro pot before, but this one for some reason totally got me. Um, so I, I jumped in. Uh, I think I jumped in with Zim because Zim said like, "Hey, you want to play?" I was like, "Okay," and then he also invited one of his friends over, and um, it's great. It's awesome. Um, there is not much I can say in terms of mechanics or environments because they're just kind of basic. But this is fun to to be in there to with hang friends out. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and play mini golf. It's something that I think I, yeah. I, I yeah. talked with Mike about last week in a, in, a, in a personal conversation as well. Like, you know, in, in these times, you know, during this COVID stuff, the only really way that you can have some kind of physical interaction with friends and people is actually in virtual reality. And I think that, you know, that it's amazing in, in, in a certain way you know i've been going into population one and you've been going into you know mini golf and you're not going in there specifically maybe to to play the game or to have fun in there but it's more to like to see your friends and to talk with them and to have yeah. fun which is a, a very interesting kind of new way of experiencing this kind of media right yeah yeah 100 yeah. like um Nathy and I jumped into it as well because he was telling me how good it was and obviously Zim had recommended it on last week's show so I was like okay I'll check this out as well so we played it we had some fun and I think the great thing is like when when someone's putting and I think you can play up with up to five players right all socializing at once and taking it you know in turns to hit the ball but when they're playing you can go and search around the map for these hidden balls that have been lost by you know previous players and there's one in each stage so it kind of adds another layer of gameplay in there so uh, you know then it becomes really addicting to like try and find all the the lost balls that is so um, addictive man especially the way that they give you the balls at the end of the course you you wait yeah. until the end and there's this pipe that's like coming down from off the wall and it goes plonk 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 like it gives you feeds you all the balls that you found and then these yeah. are skins that you can use in your next round of golf and that just makes you want to like it's like this little irk that says oh why don't you use one of those balls and go play another round and so you just end up in this loop and actually i didn't say this but my dad bought a quest he bought a quest. I succeeded with a non-gamer. He's now nice. converted, and he's in the in the ecosystem, which is just mad to me. That yeah, the chat is asking, by the way, which, which is the uh, which golf game is it? How is it called? Walkabout mini golf. Yeah, um, it's all, it's yeah. on Quest only, as far as I know. I don't think it's on uh, on on PC right now. Um, it's coming. But, uh, though. It is. It's actually pipeline. There's a Steam okay. landing page for Walkabout, and it's going to be cross-platform. These guys are great. Yeah. I, uh, I think, you know, what makes this game also so great uh, besides the social aspect is that um, it, it, it's room scale. It's room mm-hmm. scale in, in the purest form um, where you just constantly walk around in a su- such a natural way. Um, you, you barely even notice that you're doing it, you know, it's just it just goes. So I think this like even yes, I get it. Like mini golf uh, is 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 well, 
pretty much the same when you play it outside of VR because for some reason and that's the strange part that I think is a shame is that um, you can use VR as a medium so you can make it as crazy as you want and make it as magical as you want Um, but the environments you play in are just normal environments so I would say add more to it you know add interactions that you uh, usually wouldn't have and when I played with Mike I was like Imagine, just imagine there is, for example, a Star Wars themed uh, mini golf game or where mm-hmm. there is a Matrix or level, like we have seen with the Mario pinball Kart Rainbow uh, Road. title from, <laughs> well, yeah, if you want to golf on that road while someone is driving by, Jesus. Um, <laughs> maybe, um, but, you know, like Zen Studios did with pinball, you know, where yeah. you had all these different themings where you had yeah. Back to the Future and, and this underwater thing. I think with with um, mini golf that could be the same thing, you know, where Ready you can Player really... Two tie-in, for example, mm-hmm. you could do a tie-in yeah. to the film or something, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, they've certainly nailed the mechanics and and the way of you know yeah. the way it feels and the social interaction. I think is spot on. Everything else is kind of basic, but it's still worth it's basic, checking yeah. out yeah. for sure. And no, that is uh, uh, how much was it again? Golf? Uh, uh, was it $10.99 in pounds, $15. Yeah. Um, $15, yeah. One thing that I would say, just my opinion of going through various golf games, like Cloud Cloudlands? Or? Yeah, yeah, Cloudlands. Cloudlands. The first one or the second one? Cloudlands, the first one, the first uh, was one, a pretty yeah. solid game, but it did True. a little bit more of that crazy holes yeah, thing. Yeah. Even like the last course was like <laughs> 50 par or something, so yeah, you had yeah, like yeah. 50 shots to make it to the end of the course. That actually frustrated players quite a bit, so... Although I agree with your point that they could do something a little bit more, like use VR and its merits to kind of spice mm. up the action a bit, I think if you go too far, uh, you step too far away from that kind of real-life-esque experience. Obviously, ProPud is very much stick to the bare bones. You know, there aren't skeletons lying on the beaches or anything with, with, with ProPud. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to see more motion, like, you know, motion in the scenes, more complex uh, geometry but I, I think they really have, they're the first kind of golf game that really makes Zero uh, that addictive golf. loop and, uh, awesome. Zero gravity golf, oh god, oh. yeah. Um, no, but I, I think this is the right moment to be launching a title like this because of the pandemic, but also because Quest 2 is way more popular. Uh, I, I was disappointed that, that Cloudlands 2 kind of uh, totally missed the mark. Well, I thought it was like I thought Cloudlands was going to be it on Quest. Yeah. But, uh, it wasn't yeah. so so good. So this is, in my opinion, the best uh, mini golf game you can play. That is just casual. While ProPod is more simulation. But yeah, this one is just you know it's on point. And hopefully they add some more levels uh, because I I, I do want to play more. <laughs> Actually, when uh, I was yeah. playing with Nathy, just one more thing. I wish Mechabit would bring Peerhead Arcade to Quest because I oh. think that game yeah. and all yeah. of its mini games would be fantastic for family playing if they follow the exact same model. Yeah. Like five people can work off one license. I think they would kill it. Um, yeah, no, so I Mechabit, agree. if you're listening, absolutely release on Quest and work on that if you're not already. Yes. yes. Yeah, solid recommendations all around for Walkabout Mini Golf. So go check that out <laughs> on Quest. Next up. This guy now looks at bananas in a completely different way and believes that the power of potassium can actually heal him in real life. It's, of course, Rowdy VR. I'm How doing, you doing great, and you're right. The only thing I've eaten this week is bananas and sodas, and uh, yeah. I had a little bit of pop and chicken. And uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> Actually, no. it's funny because... Uh, um, well, I'll tell about my highlight first. Uh, 
So Mahala was definitely, you know, playing with uh, with Zim and Nate in Population 1 this week. It's not the only VR game that I've played. I've also played a little bit of, uh, of Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, but in terms of highlight, it was fun to mm. just uh, get together and, uh, you know, score score some wins in that uh, in the, in those first matches, which was a lot of fun. I actually saw that uh, Nate has been uh, performing quite well in the, in Population 1 and has been uh, <laughs> trying to outrank me on the leaderboard. But I I, I took oh. care of that yesterday <laughs> evening with, uh, with Soul Man to get back on the... Oh. Okay. Back on track, you know, <laughs> back on the on the top of the leaderboard. But um, the the thing is, I uh, I went into the chicken place in Population One, and I don't know if you guys realize that, but they have real menus there, so you can get some pop and chicken. Mm. They have uh, uh, chicken oh. and fries. Uh, the only thing is, the <laughs> yeah. fries are replaced by bananas. Uh, so if you look at the at the image, you get chickens <laughs> with bananas yeah. uh, and a soda can. <laughs> Which is, I think is a is a is a is a neat kind of little Easter egg in there that they have these kind of things in there and everything costs nine ninety nine which is a really good price for oh, uh, yeah. a, a, like a pack of bananas <laughs> some chicken and also <laughs> a soda can so uh, yeah you're making me hungry yeah, I haven't eaten yet today either uh, by the way you know what was weird when I played it this week because yes I've been playing a lot um, again Zim in, for some reason Zim invites me and then things happen. <laughs> Um, I, I got really addicted I, and I was also pretty good at it for some reason I don't know how that happened but uh, anyways um, I because the servers are sometimes a little funky most of the time they work fine but you have these moments where for example Zim was streaming yesterday it was like where the heck did the fall event go it was just completely vanished um, but for me so I once logged in and I was level 999 now I'm sure a lot of people have ran into that but a few days ago, I I logged in and I was on someone else's account. What? And I, I and no, I could I, and no. and he had like around eight thousand coins. And you spent them all. And <laughs> I, I I did screenshot his account, so I I I can't. Be, no, I didn't do that because I was like that. That's not. I wanted to first test it because I thought like if that's true, then that's really bad. I will yeah. message the guy and be like, here here's the five bucks. But I had to find out if this is actually you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was on someone else's account. <laughs> Like how? I don't know. I don't know how. I'm serious. The database is getting screwed up. Like even last night. So what? What Nathy's talking about is, I think they must have been in some kind of maintenance period. Usually, dev studios will have this where they like take the servers down. But Mm -hmm. what? It's like we had rolled halfway back to an old patch because gun sounds in the lobbies were still at 100. percent The pumpkin patch area or whatever with all the straw hay bales, etc. The maze, the labyrinth that they've built for this new event. There, it was there. But then there was there was just some weird stuff going on, like like the the um, what do you call it? The the menu icon for this new event. I'm trying to remember what that's called now. Um, wasn't showing. It wasn't even there. Yeah. It was like I was into an old version of the interface, but interfacing with the newer version of the level. And then there were some old features that have been piped out that were in again. So bizarre. So there's some really squirrely yeah. things happening. They're obviously handling load. <laughs> wow. Um, and and also matchmaking was very difficult. I was in a game with only like 15 players. Like it took ages to fill the lobby and then it just shipped the game after a certain amount of time. And so well, it just 15 wasn't players very good. So if you're yeah. into pop one, you'll be that, noticing. That, that occurs quite Did you few. report this to the devs? What, me? Uh, no, yeah. I haven't. It no. Was, I, I checked it again this morning. It's since mm-hmm. repaired itself back to the original status. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, uh, uh, bizarre. Nate bizarre. has just confirmed that he's one of the hackers that I just get frustrated on because I, I did encounter like uh, a few hackers again. I had the weirdest one, uh, I think, oh. 
like I think it was Sunday uh, last week uh, where me and Soulman were uh, we were just playing a game and we just jumped off of the of the balustrade and, you know we we just landed and all of a sudden mm-hmm. this guy like spawned in front of us like literally like teleport spawn with a shotgun in 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 his hand blasted me in the face and then like half a second later he was in front of Soulman who was like you know 100 meters further and blasted him in the face as well and then the third teammate half a second later also blasted him in the face and we had a full team wipe which uh, these oh. kind of, these kind of things I really need to try and tackle I, down because well, they but, become uh, problematic. The, but the game doesn't like uh, didn't Pavlov or Onward get a hack shield? Uh, I don't know. Like last year, because this mm-hmm. game doesn't have a hack shield. Usually, if you yeah. play an online game like CS:GO or Indeed. Call of Duty, there's yeah. a hack shield. Mm-hmm. But VR games uh, don't have yeah. hack shields. <laughs> so, but Phew. that's gonna suck if yeah. people can spawn in guns straight away and yeah, kill they, you. Because this guy had because uh, we literally like we were still in the air. We were landing on the on the floor and we jumped straight off. So there was no way that someone could have landed, you know, before us. Pick up a shotgun yeah. and then manage to like yeah. shoot all three of us in the in the, in a matter of like two oh two seconds God. or something. It wow. sounds like the Russian yeah, hackers exactly. again. But uh, anyway, but good to hear. Go that ahead, you, Mike. Mike. Go yeah, ahead, go Mike. No, go on. I was just going to say, it's good to hear that you're still enjoying yeah, the game, though. You're still playing it regularly. Definitely still enjoying the game uh, and uh, definitely still having fun in it as well. Um, it's it's a, it's a great game. It's just like these kind of things need to get taken care of, I think. There's also like yeah. a new hack that people have discovered where they can actually hide in the <laughs> in the truck. Uh, so they can hide in the truck and like uh, just, uh, you know, stick their head out or they're going out and try shooting you down. Um, Sorry, I thought you were gonna say hide in the in the in the, in the trash bin because every time I'm in a lobby with Nathan, he's hiding uh, in a bin. I saw his face. He's like, "Shit, they know. They know." <laughs> you know me. what I'm all, you know what I'm also doing? Like, so I sit in the in the garbage can with my head, and then it's like I'm like my gun is like out of it, and I'm shooting, and then I always say like, "So this is how Mike plays. <laughs> you know, the Irish, this is how he wins games." <laughs> I have every time I do that. So Mike, if you ever play the game, someone's like, "Hey, Mike, your garbage." Then you know where, where it's coming from. <laughs> nice, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, any other highlights, uh, Rowdy? Or is that uh, that was definitely highlight my highlight. Week? I did play some uh, some more Star cool. Wars Squadrons, but it was only um, uh, the, the I've only played the single player. I don't know what you, what you guys really thought right. about the oh. single player. Uh, like single my player. my honest impression of it is that, is that it's all right. You know, it's it's you know the story is not that great. I think I find it sometimes a little bit dragging out, and I find the mm. missions a bit repetitive. So far, I've done like maybe four or five mm. missions. I really liked the first mission, um, but after that, it got a little bit more repetitive. Um, it's it's a it's a it's like a typical EA campaign. Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, here's a single player because we have to uh, make one nowadays. But it, it's really the, it's it's like Call of Duty too. You know, uh, you play the campaigns like yeah, but then you go for the yeah. multiplayer. That's that makes, where that makes perfect yeah, exactly. it shines. So, yeah. I think the coolest yeah. thing about all that is that they're actually bringing squad battles. They're bringing private matches. That that news came this week yeah. as well. But yeah. it's just like fantastic. I can't I can't be happier because we had originally tried to put a five v five tubers thing together, which didn't work out. So we shipped one crew of five yeah. off, and then did the other crew of five. But I'm really looking forward to private matches but, in that game. Again, again, it's like Solaris. It, that wasn't there out the yeah. gates, and in my opinion probably uh, took a, a, a lot of wind out of the sails for that reason alone. Well, Solaris so, yeah. actually, uh, they they showed a clip where they got the hands separated now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's really going to get people back into the game, but uh, 
yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that these all, are all getting updates. Although I still think that usually in the VR community, you can kind of see on, on, on uh, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Uh, when a game is really popular, but I, I, I barely see people talking about Star Wars uh, Squadrons. Maybe it's just a sim mm-hmm. game that people don't necessarily share stuff about, but I don't see many videos or people saying like, hey, I'm in a match, who plays tonight? I don't really see that happening. Uh, yeah, and I don't know that. if that's just... Because wasn't it like 90% of the people who were playing it were using VR or something? It was like a crazy high yeah. number compared yeah. to Pancake. It was Pancake, that high, uh, but it was high, yeah. <laughs> It there is one high. more thing. You still want to say something about Star Wars? I was just going to say I really enjoy Squadrons, the single player yeah. and the multiplayer. I think it's an awesome VR game. You know, with a, with a Hotas, you know, there's nothing more immersive. I haven't immersive, done that I don't think I have, in my I've opinion. only played with an Xbox controller yeah. since I don't have a Hotas at the moment. But, it's really uh, great. There's, there's one more thing I, I want to show what? is that uh, I, I, I was thinking about making this my highlight, but uh, this, this thing, yeah. Yeah. thing yeah. Was Finally. I got my processor. Nice. Yeah, yeah, Congrats. Yeah. Nice. Superb. So oh, next week one. you'll be all up and running. Hopefully. Making hopefully. videos again. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> making uh, prison boss videos yeah, for us. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole yeah. reason why I... It's coming out in quest 4K, In 4K with that yeah. processor. In AD, so exactly. you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what about the chat? What have they been up to this week? Have they been uh, playing any, any fun stuff before I get into what my highlight was? Yes. Uh, we have Limitless Gaming who has been enjoying the new Star Wars game. He says, very cool. Then we have Stuart, who has been uh, diving into squadrons. He said new ships are coming. Uh, then we have uh, uh, Jeffrey. Um, he says, thanks for your hard work on the show. I made Nutria stew in uh, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners this week. <laughs> Tip from Texas, don't eat Nutria. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, last but not least, we have uh, um, Singh, who has been uh, jumping into Tarzan uh, with his G2, and it's been a blast. Nice, nice. Good recommendations there. So um, my highlight this week was that I was lucky enough to bag myself a PlayStation 5. Um, I managed to get one from Amazon. Uh, I was sitting there very patiently on Thursday, refreshing the button like every couple of seconds. And after about an hour (laughs) of doing that, I managed to get one. Um, So it got delivered yesterday. Uh, I've played it a little bit. I only played Astro's Playroom so far. Um, But it was kind of one of those things that, you know, I wasn't really that interested in getting one at first because of the lack of VR content. Uh, that doesn't really take advantage of the PS5, but that seems to be changing, and I'm going to be talking more about that later on in the news. Yeah. Um, but I love tech and gaming, so anything new and shiny, I'm like attracted yeah. to it, like and some the, kind of like it, tech I like magpie. the look of it as well. I like that. It's it so like huge. Spaceship. It's massive. <laughs> it's a proper chunk machine. Junk. Um, Wait, what time? I, what time of day did you have to get up to do this kind of F5ing routine of trying to? Oh no, it was like midday, find, so it, was it wasn't too bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was very lucky anyway to, to, to get one because they're quite rare. Um, but I want to talk about Astro a little bit because like obviously Astro uh, Rescue Mission was one of my favorite PSVR games. You know, I thought it was an excellent platformer, you know, the best in VR, and it even rivaled sort of the best Mario games in my opinion in terms of platformer. Um, so it was great to play Astro again, obviously in this playroom on the PS5. It comes like pre-installed on every single console. Uh, and I was surprised actually it's more than just a demo. It's actually a proper game if you if you will and they cleverly sort of design the levels around the new sort of improved components of the ps5 so you've got like an ssd area a new area it's for like, like you're the CPU. playing in your playstation 
Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's really smart. It's really right. smart. And you also sort of find these collectible items, which are all sort of like old consoles or old accessories. And a lot of them are like old PSVR accessories, like the aim controller and stuff like that. You get to find them in levels, which is really nice. Um, Wait, is it just what, a collectible? It's not like a weapon you can use. Astro doesn't go around like blasting no, caps and people. Fun. No, oh. sadly not. You do get some weapons, but um, yeah, not 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 the aim controller. Uh, but one thing that really stood out for me, just like playing on the PS5 uh, in general so far and playing Astro, is the controller. Um, it's got these like adaptive triggers. I don't know if you've heard much about them, but they really uh, give give you some haptic feedback and also resistance in the trigger itself, depending on the game or uh, part of the game that you're playing. So there's a really good part where you have to like fly a little ship and uh, launch its like little uh, jetpacks on either side, and it's kind of got this like when you when you, when you're in there, it's kind of got this bump on it that you have to really squeeze down on, and then after you get over the bump, it's kind of a bit looser, but it's only there when you do when you have this jetpack it's super smart like triggers i'd love to have these triggers in every vr controller that goes forward from here and also like the kind of rumble sensation is almost like a beef, beefed up version of the hd rumble from the nintendo switch joy cons yeah, like that kind of really precise feeling mm. rumble like i don't know if you've ever experienced that demo where it's like ice cubes yeah, in a glass cubes, and you feel yeah. it it's like that but like more Defined accurate mm. almost mm. really really impressive tech in the controllers like that's that's there been like the most still, impressive thing still so far. audio in the controllers as well audio in the controllers as well really nice and also uh, it's got a microphone built into it so there's a section in astro where you have to blow into oh, the yeah. controller yeah, 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 yeah. it's kind of neat smart. that they've been integrating um, that kind of technology as well like not only on like you know trying to improve the the playstation or the, the core device but also like the that accessory basically which is the controller Totally, yeah. But the thing is, like, ultimately, like, playing Astro, it just made me, like, oh, I just wish I could play this in VR because it's like it's like Lucky's Tale. Do you know when Lucky's Tale went from VR to being a flat game? Everyone was like, oh, who gives a crap about mm. this game? I don't know if that's the reception of Astro, but certainly it feels like something's missing for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do oh. really enjoy it, don't get me wrong, but I just wish I could play it in VR, and I wish this new controller was <laughs> VR compatible as well, because I'd love to play static, cool. you know, with these new fancy controllers and Rumble. I think they'd be the perfect game for that. This, uh, this is a special so redemption yeah. moment, because um, I made that point about feeling a little bit robbed when Astro got taken to 2D, and then someone in chat post podcast, kindly, actually several people, reminded me, uh, that it was it was it was a flat. original. Yeah, Astro was flat yeah. before he was VR, and he then was, went back he was. again. Um, yeah, he was. But it is once you get accustomed to it, and you love that fidelity, that that depth, that interaction. Um, it, it's almost like a little human and robot bond you form with Astro, and it's yeah. more difficult to get closer to him if you're just doing it through a flat screen. Totally agree. Totally agree. Did we uh, mention uh, that you could get an adapter for free? I don't know if we did that in the show, but... Uh, yeah, so we can. mentioned it before, um, but essentially, uh, if you want to hook up your PSVR to the PS5, you need a free adapter, which you can apply for through the official PlayStation website. Um, and yeah, you, they'll, they'll ship you one out for free. Uh, mine hasn't arrived yet, but I'm going to be talking more about that uh, later on, because we've got some news about this, which is kind of interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've been enjoying the PS5 so far, but um, hopefully I can talk about my experience with like the kind of VR side of it maybe next week on the show, fingers crossed. Well, congratulations mm. on getting it, Mike. You were only yeah. just talking about going for it. I'm glad you got one, and uh, it's yeah, all man. set up and all that. Yeah, one question, because I'm uh, being a bit of an audiophile, like the hum of a console can really put me off. Um, for example, what was it? One of the Xboxes was just like a little jet engine. It was quite <laughs> loud. Uh, even the PS4 uh, that I had before the PS4 Pro was quite noisy. PS4 Pro still 
a bit noisy. Like, how is it on the noise front, just in terms of like ambient passive noise that it generates? I I think um, I notice it as well. So like, I think it's just as as the same. They probably say it's quieter, but I think it's just the same as the PS4 Pro, in my opinion. Okay, so a pretty noise. heavy noise floor to deal you with. Get a bit but... of noise there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Especially when things are cranking up a bit. They do typically release yeah, like, like a quieter very, very version cool like later on. Like I know with the PS4 they did that as well. That they make like a like, like an update version. Especially if people start complaining, then they they usually like bring like a mm. and it, it's like a it's not really like an announced update. It's more like like a quiet release since like with the PS4 in the beginning, uh, they there were like quite a few like complaints about you know it being too noisy, and then all of a sudden they had this like V2 version, but it was it wasn't really announced as a V2. But it had like a different fan design, so it was way quieter than the than the original one that got released. Yeah, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's like it's not it's not that loud. Like you know, I think they probably claim it's quieter, but you know, I certainly heard it anyway. You know. Yeah, it depends on what you play way. as well, right? Yeah, um, if you, totally. if you, I'm sure if you play uh, Blood and Truth or or Iron Man or well, for example, Static, I don't think would be so bad. But if you play yeah. Iron Man or then, then it's pretty crazy. Then, yeah, you could really go to the moon with your uh, with your console. But you having fun with it, Mike? Is it like, uh, is it is it the shiny new toy you hope it was would be? Um, yeah, like uh, I've bought a. Uh, this is the, th- the thing. It's like a slippery slope here. But I bought a new TV to take advantage of it because it can <laughs> run up to 120 hertz, um, uh, which is interesting, and it can run obviously in 4K 60 hertz. Uh, so I bought Demon Souls and also Call of Duty, which I plan to play uh, sometime during the week. So does um, it does it simulate that frame rate, or is it actually running on that frame rate? Actually running on that frame oh. rate, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, yeah, wow. like I said in the news, I've got some uh, a little update about Blood nice. and Truth, which is quite interesting about well, the PS5. Yeah. So, um, so let's jump into the news then. Uh, first bit of news is about the Oculus Quest, though, and again talking about frame rates, uh, because this week uh, we got a tweet from the legend himself, John Carmack. Um, and he was talking about, uh, you know, frame rates on the Oculus Quest 2. And, you know, last week on the show, we talked about some of the awesome new features of the latest version uh, 23 update for Quest and Quest 2, which unlocked some nice features, including a boost where you could uh, boost the refresh rate on Quest 2 from 72 hertz to 90 hertz natively in the main menu and in some games that have been updated to support this, like, new 90 hertz mode. But it seems that, like we've mentioned before and sort of, he he's teased before in when he's talked like uh, or I think it was around uh, Facebook Connect that the Quest 2 is actually capable of more um, and this is what he said so this is a tweet this week he said uh, important point don't just default to the highest frame rate available or your app will likely run poorly if we release 120 FPS support obviously he was aiming this tweet towards developers and their kind of settings in their apps uh, around this new 90 hertz mode so he was saying like don't be it let it go unlimited like really cap it you know to your, your app's performance and then he went further on to say that quest 2's display can run at 120 hertz but there are various concerns about it few apps could run smoothly at that rate some units might show some visible ghosting and it could constrain second sourcing of the display i argue we should do it anyway um so he's like all for this 120 hertz mode mm-hmm. you know maybe we'll see this in some of the, like the first party apps like Beat Saber, for example. Um, but, you know, there's there's no sort of clear, like this is going to be released in the future sort of thing. This mm. could be something that's just tested internally, could be just for devs to test for future headsets maybe. Whether this will be unlocked on Quest 2, 
we don't actually know because mm. you know Carmack has previously um, teased about 90 hertz mode on Quest One. Can you remember that way back at OC5? way back? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that never happened. So you know, take this with a pinch of salt. But it's just something that devs might have access to in the next I, few I months. I do like the, um, the push for like higher and higher frame rates. Uh, I I don't know if you remember yeah. that that little science episodes that we did. Uh, talking about yep. refresh rate and how important they are in order to get like a good VR experience. And I, I really think that, you know, if you can push refresh rate, it might even might even be more important than just pushing resolution even higher because I think the, the kind of resolution that we have now is a, it's a fairly good kind of resolution to experience VR in a very solid way. But if we can push mm-hmm. refresh rate even higher, I think that the experience will become so much more uh, immersive and smoother and, and more like realistic uh, so it, yeah. it, it would be it would be a step in the right direction for me yeah honestly if rowdy not just based on that but having seen the changes that we had more recently just with headsets and their capability now that the veil of screen door is gone whether you're using a quest 2 or a g2 like what i want is definitely the refresh rate update i i noticed the step you know um and and mm. and, and it all just in the last week or so with the different updates that we've had you know going to 90 hertz again it's so funny but like that makes a difference and for everyone who's had the experience of the 144 hertz or 120 hertz index stuff so nice you play that in beat saber my god that is like it's like you're there because of that and it's not it's not like insurmountable in terms of the requirements on a machine either so yeah. provided you keep the resolution in check Go ahead, drive. And the of course, frame you will rate, have you know? like that and, law of diminishing returns. So the higher you push that fr- that frame rate or that that the f- refresh rate, the lower kind of return you will get in terms of improvement. But still, I, I hope that we get in a, in a in a near future a thousand hertz. That would be that would be just insane if we would reach something like that. I mean, I say near wow. future, but uh, it's probably going to be a while. But uh, I I do hope yeah. that that is like the direction that we're heading into. Uh, to do that soon uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator natively on Quest 2 and uh, 120 uh, hertz oh my god yeah please (laughs) Um, but I think I guess you know even if it's not released natively for Quest uh, 2 it would be nice if it was released for Link at least you know if you had the power of a PC to back it up you know you're pushing Mm. the high end graphics cards you know there's no real reason why you you couldn't unlock it there especially with the bandwidth of the cable being so high if you're using the official one at least yes um and even maybe virtual desktop using wireless, you know, that would be really nice because then it would give it some real parity with, you know, the refresh rate, like you say, of the index, you know, running at 120 hertz on, on PC would be very, very nice indeed. So maybe we'll see that soon. Maybe we won't. But that's a, a tease from John Carmack anyway that we you know maybe, maybe if we all pray, it, just, it might happen in the future. But it's, not, it's nice to, again, hear that this Quest 2 is very future proof hardware wise. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great bit of hardware. And that's, there's that's still what so much first... that can be unlocked that yeah. has so much potential. I remember when it first released, I think that was one of the things I said that, you know, it, I wasn't so much... I was, of course, I was excited for the headset as, as it launched, but I was more excited for what was going to come in the future because of what they had done with the original Quest and how they had supported it so well and added hand tracking and everything else in the future. So, What yeah. feature do you guys want next? I'm curious because this is like... I'm in the same seat, Mike, where it's like, it's not what is in the headset as much as what could be in the future. And they've turned around 90 hertz real fast, mm. you know? Like, we thought, actually, they might have, they might play tough, hard to get and, like, lock this down and only let it remain capped. But is there another think, feature that you want next, like the next thing that you'd love them to, to shock us I with? I think 
for me, like, I really miss Oculus Rooms from Go, and I know we've talked about this on the podcast many, many times, but just somewhere casual to hang out with your friends and just play some board games like Checkers or Chess or, you know, Boggle like we used to with uh, Oculus Rooms on yeah. Go. Uh, I, I really miss that um, because, you know, my dad and my brother's got a Quest 2 now. My friend has one as well. You know, we we're playing like a Walkabout Mini Golf, which is great, but, you know, you just want to sit down and hang out and play a board game sometimes. So I think that's the thing I miss the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think they should be working on that uh, somewhere next year for sure because the thing is um, you now have two different platforms. You still have PC that they, you know, they again say Quest is PC VR too, but then also show software-wise that you're willing mm-hmm. to because there is rooms, well, kind of on PC that you can't really do anything in there that is interesting, um, but they need to make something that is just, you know, universal across the board. So I'm, I'm totally, you know, on the same page with you. Yeah, take that same stack. I mean, for me, it, it's it's a simple thing. I would really like to see their Bluetooth accessory capability come out of experimental. Mm. Like, I want them to spend some good engineering time there, particularly mm. for even just simple Bluetooth headphone support. I think that's, the fact that we have show. to cable in, it just doesn't make sense with that chip and the XR2. True. Yeah, a lot of people ask for that as well. So, yeah, really yeah. solid recommendation yep. there. What about Rowdy? What, what would you want from the Quest 2? Anything in particular? I mean, I think it's a great headset as it is. Um, the, the the main gripe for me is still like, you know, the, the head strap, but of course you already have the elite one and maybe, you know, even a better head strap or more comfortable. Uh, but I, I think the, the general things that they've been doing is like reducing weight and uh, improving refresh rate. I think if you get those things, you keep on pushing on that kind of platform, then the headset will keep on getting better. For me, resolution is not really, I mean, I've said that even with the, with your original quest and the original Vive, even though you know it, the improvement is nice, but it's not for me the kind of thing to to keep on improving. Maybe a, a field of view, uh, getting a bigger field of view would be uh, would be yeah. nice. Yeah, but I think what we were talking about here was like software in that sense, because yeah, field of view is, is definitely mm-hmm. something that is always welcome. But uh, you mean yeah, I think what you can self do patch that, that, I no. suppose. No. <laughs> well, who knows? Oh, yeah. Who knows? No, I think yeah, in terms of Never software, definitely no. like the. Um, the, the social experience like Mike said as well uh, yeah. I think that is yeah. like yeah. I mean we've been promised Facebook Horizon for quite a while now and we still don't really have access to it which is strange because I thought I would have arrived yeah, do we know anything about that because again hanging out in venues so much it's always kind of weird because like there's no news uh, on Horizon lately it's nope. on the Horizon I, uh, I, I called them out on it because they have a Facebook page you know uh, for Horizon users that like it's almost Christmas. Where the heck is this stuff? You're mm. you're constantly saying this is the most amazing thing. Everyone needs to play it on the Quest. You're 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 uh, you know showing it off on Connect, but you don't give anyone access, or at least well, outside of uh, the US. The US. Well, you uh, promise everyone access who went to Connect. You promise. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it doesn't happen. We have one um, great suggestion from the chat still in terms of like a software upgrade. It's a uh, no Facebook login. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that would probably be a number imagine, one. Imagine Facebook announcing, hey, we have a feature, uh, no more Facebook. No more Facebook yeah. login. It's a feature. And I should mention, actually, because it's a little update. You know, I mentioned about the whole uh, hack thing or like, you yeah. know... Um, you know, p- people were trying to break door. into a jail br- yeah. jailbreak it, you know. Uh, it turned out, I think that there was a fake in the end. Um, oh, the, no. the rumor of, uh, you know, jailbreak actually working. Um, so I think my uh, initial thoughts on it were right because they didn't show any evidence of it actually working and they still haven't. So I think, um, you know, major websites like Road to VR and I think Upload VR wrote articles saying that they believe that the, the claims were fake as there was mm. someone, a whistleblower within the group that said it was fake. So we need, Tom Cruise. Otherwise, we need Tom Cruise to do it. Mission Impossible. 
There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Him and his Scientology <laughs> friends will crack it, no worries. Um, so anyway, that is uh, 120 hertz, maybe coming to Quest uh, 2 in the future. So we'll mm. keep you updated with that if we hear any more. I'm going to skip through a section of the news and jump straight to another bit because we're running out of time already and we've got a lot to talk about this show that I know that we're going to get triggered and get sucked into. So the next bit of news I want to talk about is about one of my favorite uh, PSVR games, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Astrobot is another one. But uh, this other one uh, was my VR game of the year, and that was Blood and Truth. Uh, and this is going to get an update just for the PS5. So this is kind of interesting because we thought Sony had kind of abandoned PSVR at this point, but it looks like there is going to be something at least. So Sony made an announcement in a blog post this week stating that Blood and Truth, uh, which runs on PS5 in backwards compatibility mode using the PSVR and this required camera adapter that we talked about earlier, will be able to run at 4K resolution. This is cool, mm. right? Ah. Although, as we know, the PSVR's display itself is limited to 1080p, but those extra pixel pixels are said to make the game look clearer in the sure. headset. Also, instead of running at 60 hertz, reprojected to 120 hertz, the game will now run on PS5 at 90 hertz without reprojection making it look smoother and feel more responsive. Mm. Also, the detail has been cranked up to 11 and the increased speed from the PS5's SSD will reduce texture load times. So oh. it seems like Sony haven't abandoned PSVR altogether um, and showing the PSVR some love. And hopefully this will be the first of many future PSVR titles that get this kind of treatment where, you know, they go back to old games a bit yeah. like what we've seen with Quest 2. Yeah. Developers are going back, upgrading their applications and games oh, to work on new hardware. And That's hopefully, hopefully, great. this is the case with PSVR and PS5. So, wow. so slight remasters. That's what I said. That's what I wanted for Iron Man because I thought it it, it, yeah. it was ready for the next gen. Um, but this this studio is uh, Sony, right? It is Sony who this makes the Sony. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, okay. and, and that's probably, you know... <laughs> you know part of it you know maybe yeah, like true. the third the third party uh, companies they might, they might not see the value in it maybe i don't know yeah, but because but i discussed... haven't really seen for example like polyarch saying with moss like listen we have been doing this <laughs> or that, yeah. uh, you know um it's yeah. Sony, the, uh, the high the high def assets as well that they captured for blood and truth i'd love to see them show through uh, but yeah. there are so many other games like that i mean to to be able to go back the problem is i think if i went back to resident evil 7 now for example I think it would be a difficult playthrough. Um, there are some aspects of that game, like the blackouts when you lean in, some of the texture levels, yeah. um, just generally the PSVR now feeling long in the tooth. But uh, it, it's interesting because I really don't want to have a reason to buy a PS5. But uh, this sounds like there, there, <laughs> yeah. there are roots beginning. I still don't think there is a, a reason to buy a PS5 if you're solely a VR like enthusiast. Yeah. Um, but I will try it out if my camera adapter arrives and I'll let you know what I think. Um, but as we know, we've talked about it on the show, you know, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan has already said that their plans for PSVR or a new PSVR headset at least, you know, won't be happening for at least another year yet. So maybe this is just like, if if, if I saw incremental upgrades like this, upscaling, you know, to a, mm. you know, a, a better version uh, running on PS5, I would be pretty happy. Um, but we'll see. It, it, this could it, be just one. It could be one off. Sam, it, it's like, you know, playing Windlands on the DK1 and then it, it's getting upscaled or it's getting upgraded to 4K and you're playing it on DK1 and you can just see so, a yeah. couple of more yeah. pixels. But yeah. it's, it's it, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a big difference for sure. Even that I hope so. the PlayStation <laughs> VR headset isn't, you know, well... But the problem is, right, like, uh, this is the thing I found. Like, I remember going back to, like, Goldeneye, the N64, and going, oh, my God, it looks terrible. Um, some games, like, 
um, when they've had that HD remake, I'll take StarCraft as an example, look like what you remember they played like. Mm. But actually, if you went back and played the original, it looks like it looks terrible. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm. That's where I'm thinking this will make up the gap of the years between the original release of some of these titles and kind of current day expectations. And it yeah. might open it up to more people playing the games on the new console with the VR support. And think about it. I think the PSVR headset, you know, will be inexpensive, particularly in the secondary market. You're picking it up off of a, a game store or something like that, like a CEX here in the UK. Yeah, uh, pick it up cheap. for 50, 100 or whatever, add it to your PS5 and be like, holy shit, well, this is what VR is all about? Well, even, Man, these games are amazing. Even now with, with you know, the holiday season uh, being around the corner, I've already seen people now buying a brand new PlayStation VR uh, because they have a bundle where you get Resident Evil, Astrobot, uh, Blood and Truth, everything for, what is it, like two, three hundred it's it's mm-hmm. crazy insane the amount crazy. of value you get in that yeah yeah it's just, crazy. just be aware that you do need this camera adapter some yes. new bundles do have it but check if you're going to buy one that it does have it included otherwise yeah. you have to send off for it and you have to wait like a week or it two so well. yeah i'm curious when you when you went for the camera adapter did you just like give them your order number or how did you get one you give them the serial number on the uh the box okay. uh of your you know like the the box that goes in between the, the playstation and the psvr like the control module mm. box or whatever it's oh, called. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, you yes. give them the serial number and they'll send you one out. You give you your address and stuff. So, yeah. And it's free. So that is free. And it's free. Yeah. Hey. So that is Blood and Truth getting a 4K update for PS5. I'll try it next week if my uh, adapter arrives and I'll let you know what I think. Ooh. Now let's talk about Star Wars. Uh-oh. Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. Now, I believe that only two of us have actually played it, me and Correct. Nathie. Oh. Um, so we're the only ones that are going to give you our thoughts on it so far. Um, I think, you know, it's fair to say we're all pretty excited for this game. You know, it's one of, like, the big releases for the year, you know. Uh, Star Wars, after all. You know, I enjoyed Vader Immortal, although the second two episodes were a bit meh. But the first one was amazing. Uh, I've been religiously watching watching The Mandalorian, which is, like, the best best thing on TV at the moment. Yes. Uh, Loved Star Wars Squadrons. So, you know, I was looking forward to more Star Wars VR in my life. Galaxy's Edge, Disneyland. Nate has been spending an entire weekend in Galaxy's Edge. (sighs) You've what actually you been want? to this place. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so, a good point. So, wait, hang on. For I, I know it's a theme park thing. Is it its own theme park, or is it, like, just an add-on to Disney World or Disneyland? Like how Originally, Disney Galaxy's Edge is in a part of the comics of, of the Star Wars lore, but they decided to build that part, Black Spire Outpost, Planet Batu, Galaxy's Edge. That's how they called the land. And you can go there in Disneyland, so that that's yeah. kind of what Nate it is. Showing yeah. his but is it like one on the thing? Lore. Is it like, yeah, yeah? I'm just I'm just wondering, like, is it, is it, it is? like is it like one like ship that you go and you board it, or it's like a, no, almost no, it's, like it's a... an entire it's an entire city. It's a village that they build, okay. and okay. the Millennium Falcon is there. You can ride the Millennium Falcon. You can also infiltrate the Resistance, and then uh, you go through a dark ride. There is a droid workshop where you can make your own droid. You can also get your own lightsaber and find out if you are part of the dark or the light side. And there are also restaurants that serve typical, well, Star Wars food. And there is also the cantina where you can get all kinds of drinks like blue milk, etc. I've done it all. <laughs> this sounds like Amazing. Amazing. his favorite place. I'm not place. working for Disneyland, but <laughs> dude, it is my favorite place, man. I would love is. to go back. One thing you don't know about Nathy, actually, and this is a little, little sneak peek behind the scenes, is that he loves theme parks. Like, he is obsessed yeah. with theme parks and how they work. 
So a little uh, yeah, yeah. sneak peek about Nathy there. Um, it actually yeah, sounds anyway. like you go in one side, you come out the other side, and your wallet's gone. If you've ever been to Disney, yeah, I can attest. It's very it's exactly It's kind like of like Paris. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Disneyland <laughs> yeah. Paris is the same. Just because yeah, they um, take it out of your back pocket when you're exactly. on the metro. <laughs> they steal it from yeah. you, exactly. Um, but yeah, this uh, Tales from Galaxy's Edge, it released on Quest as a Quest exclusive, actually, on the 19th, so Thursday last week. Uh, it might come to other platforms in the future, but nothing has been announced yet. Uh, the basic story premise, uh, without spoiling anything, is that you play a droid repair technician that gets kind of intercepted by this Gawavian death gang, which kind of featured in, I think it was Force Awakens. They attack uh, Han and Chewie on the Millennium Falcon. Um, but they uh, want some of your cargo. You end up crash landing on the Black Spire outpost on the planet Batu, And um, that, that's kind of where the story starts. So... Mm. Starting with some of the good stuff, I think, you know, it looked pretty great on Quest 2, I thought. I thought the environments were pretty detailed. There was some nice interactivity. Um, I really like this kind of like multi-tool multi you have where it's kind of got like three tools on it, which you can switch to the different modes using the thumbstick and it kind yeah. of transforms uh, in front of your eyes. That's really nice and you use that to solve puzzles in the game. Um, I also like that you have these kind of like remote training droids that you collect and you can use, uh, you know, during the gameplay. Mm -hmm. And they're the same sort of remote droids that Luke was training with in the original Star Wars movie with his lightsaber training, if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of hovers in the air and well, makes that kind of cool noise. You get different ones in, in this game. You get you get different ones. So some will protect you, some will be a shield, some will be like a bomb mm -hmm. uh, that you can use to take out enemies. Um, but I think essentially, like, I was surprised actually this game is more of a first-person shooter than I anticipated. It is like a lot of shooting this this story heavy at the beginning but then it just becomes into like a repetitive shooter after a little while mm. and it's kind of a pretty basic first person shooter in my opinion that's kind of got this star wars skin wrapped around it um there's a handful of guns that you get to use some are some sort of weapons from the movie which is kind of nice um but you know that you've got like a little vent that you can real you can almost like reload it and then it's out of ammo and then you just toss it and then pick up another one that's kind of how it works mm. and you've got slots on your belt that you can store a couple of guns and you also have a jetpack that you can use for for battle or to get to higher places yeah and that sounds cooler than it actually is because yes. like you know it gives you like these kind of ideas of like a mandalorian backpack where you can like rock it up into the air and mm -hmm. fire you know well, death does, from above it does go up um, it does go up, but you can't down. actually. But you can't move. No, you can't you're move. Up in the air. No. So don't get any any ideas of being like Rocket Raccoon from like Marvel, <laughs> uh, Marvel Avengers. You know, like where you could play it in that game. That was really cool. Or Mando. Not like that. Not like that. No. Or Mando. It's not like that. Um, but overall, I think you know, I found I found the story was the weakest part oh, really? of this. Um, Damn. The game is only like three hours long in total, um, and that's including some bonus like area that you unlock through a side mission through the cantina um but it feels like the game ends like just as it was getting interesting and it, and for me you know even in the main menu you've got a section at the beginning that says buy expansion which isn't available yet but when you click oh. on it, it says oh yeah more content is coming in 2021 <laughs> and i feel like with the vader immortal series they were like oh this is episode one so you knew from the beginning that there was going to be more episodes but i didn't feel like that that was particularly well explained with this game that, oh, this is just the beginning and there's more content coming in the future and you're going to have to pay for it, by the way, as well. Mm. So it, it, it's weird. I kind of felt like a bit disappointed at the end that this was all we got because I felt like we were kind of... It wasn't explained properly that there was going to be more behind uh, a paywall. I'm going to play a little bit like Devil's Advocate here. Is the three hours 
uh, fun though? It's fun, but instantly forgettable, I would okay. say. You know, where Vader Immortal was very linear, mm -hmm. but the, because it was linear, they could really crank in the story. And it, it was a really great story, and I felt like a connection with Zoe, like my, yeah. uh, you know, co-pilot. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you broke out of prison together. It felt like really epic, and you find a lightsaber, mm -hmm. and that's really cool. And you see a side to Vader that you've never seen before, and even in the movies, you know, like this kind of like vulnerable side to him. Um, Whereas with with Galaxy's Edge, you don't really feel that connection with any of the characters mm -hmm. and you don't really get that really interesting insight mm -hmm. into any of the characters that you really want to know more about. Mm. Yeah, they are. They are. So, as we said, it's called Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. So they're trying to tell more than one story. So every story you play is quite short. Um, and Invader Immortal, it's, of course, one story. Although, um, I have the, Vader for, Immortal for hours, is a... So it's, the price is not that high for the game, though, right? No, but uh, so so Vader Immortal is a cinematic experience. This is a gamified adventure. So we wanted more gameplay. We got more gameplay. I think they have improved a lot. I think ILMX Lab has shown that they are able to create something where it's more playable and you also have these interactive moments. But compared to Vader Immortal, we got, yes, more gameplay. That is, yeah, okay, basic, but... It works, it does the trick, it's kind of entertaining. Mm. But then, story-wise, it's just not so great. So, I, I feel like every time they make something, they just don't get enough time, and they don't get enough, um, you know, space to really create what they want to create. I don't think it's the studio's fault, it's just someone saying, okay, we need a game this holiday season, it needs to be done by, by then. Yeah, just, 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 just see how you're gonna do it, uh, and they just had to d make decisions there, um, because you can you can see the potential in this game. You can see where they want to go with it, um, but as Mike said, it's it's forgettable in in the sense of the story, and that's what makes Star Wars Star Wars. It's the story, and then the characters, and then yeah. the enemies, and then the gameplay. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's not very innovative. It's it's a very basic basic shooter so if you would take away the the, the star wars parts out of it people would mm. say this game is not so great and i would not buy it but because the star wars gift rep is around it then suddenly it's more acceptable because um what i'm hinting towards is that i've seen the reviews the reviews are in my opinion quite high mm. um but then again it's star wars and if we are a little bit more critical together, I think we're going to see more improvements in the future because I've said this many times before, we vote with our wallets. So, and, and this is just this is just not, not good, good enough. Yeah, so, so we now have, well, basically three games in VR uh, that are Star Wars related, um, right? Of those three, um, which one would you two, uh, put on the, on the top and which one would you put on the bottom? Yeah, but it comes from different developers. I don't think yeah. it's fair to do but that. If, but if uh, you say, like, I'm going to buy one Star Wars game for Christmas, which one are you buying? Squadrons. I would say Vader Immortal. But I would say I would say Vader Immortal, Squadrons, than this, um, in terms of my ranking. Yeah. Um, and I, I know Vader Immortal was linear, but I felt like I liked the it. story benefited from that. Yeah. And I think there was a good review that I read, and it, it said something like, this is like Baby's first first-person shooter in VR wrapped in Star Wars. And that's pretty much yeah, accurate yeah. because, like, it is, like, a... It's not particularly challenging. Um, and that's, I think the problem is... That's the I opposite of what I heard. I heard the difficulty was actually quite high, even on, like, normal and... What 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 mode did you play it on? 
Uh, I played it on normal. Yeah. And you found it pretty uh, much a breeze for an, a it's, yeah, veteran the, FPS person? Yeah. So yeah. I, I need to point out that the enemies in this title, if you uh, rush through it and you just play it like you would in Population 1 or Onward, the enemies have no idea what is happening to them and they, they just don't know how to anticipate. So the enemies are just... Mm -hmm. The AI isn't that smart and they're not that dangerous. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that if you have been playing more shooters... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an easy game. But if you are a casual player, I do think it's challenging enough. But what I want to say is that, that, and this is what I said before, this game has been made as a system seller. Okay, this is a game that they wanted to release this holiday season. It serves a certain purpose that a squadron doesn't serve or any other. Of course, they also need to sell but they also need to be good. Where here, it's for the starters, it's for the new folks. They're going to be amazed by it anyways. They're going to have a blast. But if you are a VR enthusiast who has been playing a lot of other titles that were more unique, more innovative, yeah. more interesting, <laughs> this is not it. And yes, if you then like the whole Star Wars universe, you might yeah. be able to withstand it. And, and But I don't know. I, 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 think, don't know. I think you make a really good point there, Nathie, and that is that if you've just got a quest 2 as your first headset and you're going to play this you'll love it but if but you've it's played every Bone game of course but yeah but if you've played boneworks if you've played half-life alex if you've played arizona sunshine pavlov onward no. or any shooter where that's actually got some decent weapon mechanics in it and then you play this you're going to be but disappointed it in doesn't, terms it of doesn't, like of course you're a person shooter yeah. game of course play. you're comparing it to like pcvr titles those are of course huge differences but even if you play an arizona sunshine on quest or That's a, I mean. a, a Pavlov quest. Yeah. Uh, I think those those are just a lot better. Like ILM, ILM X Lab is very good at making something cinematic, but they still need to learn how to make an actual game. I, they haven't really made a game with actual you know gameplay, uh, and and that's just something that they need to still learn but yeah i don't know it, it's just very simple in the way you play it i, I want to clear yeah. something up real quick because there were, were some questions in the chat about that since uh, mike you mentioned there's no expansion at this moment available but there is a bonus some bonus material right that you also can play yeah, so and you did play yeah that so well. there is a bonus level yeah. yeah so that's included in my three hour playtime. it's a bonus level i won't give you any spoilers um, but you basically unlock it by doing a side yeah. mission through the cantina yeah. and then you it's like a 15 minute experience um, it's, it's different from the main game different storyline as well it is kind of interesting but again there's just not enough of it um, in my opinion um, the, the thing yeah. I, I thought was the strangest is that they have been of course advertising this game a lot uh, they made several trailers um, and in those trailers you get to see that there is a villain uh, that you have to you know fight against but in the end um this villain gets barely any screen time uh yeah. and gets barely and you get to barely interact with any character and when you do it's it feels like that star wars vibe but the moment you get to play you're kind of losing it and yes you do have a radio that talks to you all the time but it just to me it didn't feel like i was a part of the story it didn't feel like i was really um, you know, intrigued by what was going on. Well, Invader Immortal, even that the two other episodes weren't that great, they still hooked me to play more. I was like, how is this going to end? Well, in this one, it's like, mm. I didn't really care. And there yeah. are like iconic characters that you meet uh, in this in this game. But it ju I just didn't feel it. <laughs> I just, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, sure, here you are. Okay. Um, 
So but like, I, don't I think, know. I think, I don't know. you know, like with future content, had if they released like a Mandalorian themed update, then I'd be like instantly straight back in the game and I'd be like, yeah, hell yeah, let's go for it. You know, I would love that. Like playing something that's a bit more relevant in this current time and like Mandalorian is super hot right now. So like doing a mission with him and like seeing like Baby Yoda, like that would just be such an amazing experience that I would just love to see that in VR. Mm. So maybe they'll do that and add that in the future. I'd love that. But it just seems like right now the base game is kind of lacking in content and story or it just ends suddenly and they don't really explain that in the description of the game. They don't make it clear that this is just the first part of something bigger. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and that's no. kind of the disappointing part of it. I, I think. I, th I think. I think um, uh, what it comes down to in the end is if you have been playing VR for many years now, if you owned a Quest One already, or you owned a Rift or a Vive or PlayStation VR years ago, and you now play this, it's just not so impressive. Uh, it's just not. Um, so. <laughs> Someone said in the chat, uh, Mandalorian cooking simulator for Baby Yoda. <laughs> the perfect nightmare. You have to make, give, feed him little eggs. That'd yeah. be hilarious. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, it's a bit of a mixed bag because I, uh, on one side, people, like, because I've also been uh, saying things on Twitter about what I thought of this game. And people say, yeah, but Nate, you've been in the industry for so long and give this game some more credits. Yep. Um, but that, again, it depends on the personal experiences you had in the past. For me, this is just very basic. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I understand the purpose this game serves, who it's going to get sold to, but I'm not yeah. the audience. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I totally agree. And yeah, I think, you know, if you're a newcomer, you'll probably love it. But I think, yeah, like you say, if you're a bit more experienced in VR and you've tried yeah. other first-person shooters, you'll probably find it a bit yeah. meh. Yeah, and and even that we are, of course, big Star Wars uh, fans, it, it's yeah. it's not enough to to keep us playing. Um, no. So, and I think I, I would have I would have let the the bad well the average first person game shooter gameplay pass if the story was better and more engaging. Mm. That would have been a pass then. Yeah, do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? True. Yeah, but yeah. it's lacking that. So yeah. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. So would you guys say like, what's your verdict on this? Is this something that's even passable? Like, like, should we pass on it? Like, not even spend no, the time you, to play it. No, you should it, play or? it, but you, you, it's just uh, it's just very average. It's just very average. I would say just okay it's not great it's not bad it's in the middle yeah i'll be honest i'm scared because uh <laughs> wasn't scared much now. a fan wasn't much a fan of, of vader i'm a big fps guy and uh well, maybe this is then suddenly... FPS, then maybe it's a skip for me but i'll i'll give it a go it, it you should go. definitely you should definitely still play it you should definitely still play it. I, I do well still says, think that johnny well says this is not the way <laughs> This is not the way. This is not no. the way. Um, no, you're right. <laughs> but, but to kind of wrap this part up, I, I think I think it's a good sign to see that ILM X Lab is now trying to create something that is cinematic and a game and trying to combine that. And I think maybe with the next one, they're going to create something that is way more epic. But I still think it, it's all based on how much time the studio gets to really put something in the oven that is proper. Uh, I think that's like where... Imagine, it, imagine, imagine if this was co-op. It would have instantly made the game so much better. Do you know what I mean? Like being able to like throw I mean, your that's gun. A, that's or... an easy recipe for like um, repetitive gameplay. If you throw a friend in, like we have played True. some bad games, and if you play it with a friend, then suddenly it's actually pretty. Hello, hello, Stormland. Yeah, hello, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Poor, poor GT had to endure me playing through Stormland, bless him, and I was like cursing through the whole thing. We couldn't use any of the footage in the end because I was so upset that it was so bad, like the the, the multiplayer aspect of it anyway. Mm. But anyway, I digress. Um, so that is uh, our uh, yeah. sort of like hands-on impressions of Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. We think it's all right, but I think if you're a newcomer, you'll probably enjoy it more than the VR veterans out there, that's for sure. So um, now it's time to pass it over to Zim to talk about his experience with the HP Reverb G2. As I promised, I would send him out my headset and uh, for him to try it out. And he's had it for like a, a, what, a week now. And uh, yeah, interesting to see what you think from a from a sim racer's <laughs> perspective and also just sort of general <laughs> VR legend. <laughs> so I, yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's a very interesting headset. I would say that much more than the, uh, the Quest 2, which is like an all-rounder, it's a very pointed headset would be my summary of it. Like it, it's a tool that does one one particular thing very well. Um, and I think others have summarized that. So I've got some kind of points in front of me and I'll just kind of walk through the pros and cons I think of this headset and sure. my reaction to it. I've had three kind of solid play sessions with it now. Um, one focused on sim racing, one on basically setup and kind of first touch, uh, and then another just general gameplay. So, um, to answer the, the obvious gorilla question in the room, which is, is it good for simmers? It is. I think it, it's, it's uh, I honestly think that that's probably one of the best things it does um, because of two things. Uh, the, the refresh rate, so the fact that it's a 90 hertz panel and forces that hand. Um, it actually performed surprisingly well with my quite limited setup. I'm on an i7-4790K. Uh, Intel CPU and a GTX 1080. So all my comments are based on that rig and streaming at the same time. Um, but I found that in most experiences I was between 50 and 70% both on the CPU and GPU at this uh, native uh, uh, resolution. In SteamVR I did bring it back down to about the 50% mark um, to keep it kind of reasonable because I knew my, my machine would choke and die if, and I wanted things to stay smooth. But that was really it. The smoothness of the headset, particularly going into turns and things with the, with, with the vehicle, meant that I was able to take those corners more accurately, um, which is like you would, you, if, you're, if you're a racer, the smoothness going into that corner um, makes or breaks it. You feck up a corner, your lap is done with and you know your race time is done with and you might even have lost the position you were in so i found it was actually a a, a stark difference from headset to headset that i was that on the corners i was getting that kind of corner eye tracking fidelity so that was great the other thing that i found was uh, that was really really positive about the headset was in the distance like the seats in the bleachers um the trees on the horizon were popping out at me and catching my eye in a weird, very natural way. So it felt like a more realistic landscape. So those are the things that for me, the G2 kind of really sang on. Um, some of the things that out of the box, my first impressions were, it's a pretty light headset, very balanced and it's comfortable on the face. That's uh, What I took for granted when I first put it on was, oh, I can, wear it like a, I would an Oculus headset, which is quite light on the face. You can't. You have to clamp this thing to your face to get the proper FOV out of it. Like, I found that the FOV at, I'll call it my normal resting face pressure, um, felt very CV1 uh, in terms of FOV. But if I dialed it in to the point where after an hour I had face marks on the top of my face and my cheeks, the FOV felt 
getting closer to index grade, like it was quite a bit wider. Um, and I liked that and that made a big difference, but it just means that I have to wear it a little bit tighter on my face than I'd expected to, and that is comfortable for me. Um, and the setup process took a long time. Um, so I don't mind like one-time setup. I'm a techie, I'm well used to dedicating a day to something if I need to. Um, but I would say that if it was me unboxing this headset, it probably would have taken me three hours to set it up uh, from scratch, undistracted. I say that because following the instructions in the box, the first thing said, go to Windows Update and do the update. <laughs> and the update forced a 45 minute, my PC's offline on a blue screen install, which was a bit of a headache, especially because I was midstream. Uh, but again, I brushed that to the side, but the actual, that piece of software, plus the software for like Microsoft's kind of Windows Mixed Reality software, plus the Steam install, those three bits together and configuring Steam VR a little bit are, are quite a headache. I, I would say it's one of the most obtuse setup processes that I've had if I count all those bits. I think if you're coming from an existing Windows Mixed Reality headset, you're going to go, this was easy, Zim. It was like 20 minutes, right? It was like bing, bang, boom. I've already got the components in. All I had to do was snap in the headset and it would feel like a... Like if you were setting up a, yeah, like a Rift S, for example, plug in two bits and you're good. Yeah, for me, like uh, the setup, I think I had the, the latest Windows update anyway, so that probably helped me. But I just <laughs> remember just plugging it in and it's like, oh, a Windows Mixed Reality Portal here, like you can jump into VR. And I think it was literally like five, 10 minutes. But then, like you say, you have to download the Steam VR Windows portal within that to link yeah. it to Steam VR. That was the only hassle I felt, but... Yeah, that, yeah. That, so that bit was, e was easy for me. But I was, again, going into this, I was completely new to Windows MR. Sure. I've used the sure. headsets before, but I've never set them up in my home environment. So all yeah. of that was brand new to me, and I had to go through the trundle. I didn't find their instruction manual was very straightforward. Um, I thought it wasn't detailed in the places where it should have been, blah, blah. So they've got some work to do in that. Uh, the whole Cliff House experience I thought was all right. It just kind of feels unnecessary, like... Great, they put a lot of time and attention. It's fun seeing Superhot and Minecraft and other Windows assets uh, or Microsoft assets kind of littered about this place. And um, I remember staring at a tree for a good minute going, I can see that like I can see it with my real eyes. Like the bark on the tree resolution was like really cool. And then I got into Skyrim and I was like, I like held up a weapon and I'm like, this is completely unimpeded. I I don't, there's nothing between me and the texture. Your like it is literally- viewers. Your poor viewers on stream. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I, I was just I was, get on with the game Zim stop I looking was, at the sword I was you so noob. happy because is, um, you, you're, so what you're is it, is it because I would describe it because I've experienced the same you're, you're saying here the sense a sense of presence you haven't felt before yeah because yeah, yeah. Uh, because it, when I played Half-Life Alex, I grabbed like one of the tools and I was like whoa whoa there's like not even that that there was like something readable on there but just in general that you had the sense it was real yeah. yes so the thing I want to say is, um, if I was to call out two headsets that I think are quite balanced, and then I'll talk about ones that are imbalanced, because I still find this is very much a, a pointed headset. So when I say balanced, I don't mean weight on your head, I mean in terms of its features all around. Mm. The index I count is quite a balanced headset, in that it doesn't do any cheap tricks like what the original Pimax did to get you the field of view. It's like great right the way to the edge of the lenses. In, in, in terms of index. I find the same thing with the Quest 2. It's great to the edge of the lenses, unlike, say, the Go, which had fixed foveated rendering and things like that. Yep. This headset, I find, is 70% of the way there. You've got, like, a sweet spot, and after that, it falls off, and you've got some kind of artifacting, aliasing, I don't know what you want to call it, um, 
that detracts a little bit. Now I did have the chromatic aberration update and things like that in. Those were all in for my first play. I didn't notice mm -hmm. any stark chromatic aberration at all. There was a little bit of separation on the edges, but it, again, it wasn't anything I haven't seen in other headsets. Um, but the, my, my impression is if you ordered a G2 uh, and you're already used to Windows Mixed Reality, you're going to be pretty happy with this headset because it it, it gives you what we have on, on the Quest 2 kind of standalone, which is screen doors gone. Um, yeah, 100%. And, it, yeah. and in addition to that, what you're getting for your extra money is you're getting what I'll call eagle eye vision. It's the first mm -hmm. headset that I've had where, like Nathie described for Half-Life Alex. I get lost in the visuals of what I'm looking at, yep. and there's nothing in the way. Um, the cable length is good. I love the fact that there's no cameras to set up because my God, you know, whatever, whatever you're using otherwise in Steam VR headsets, unless it's WMR, you know, you're setting up base stations or you were setting up some kind of cameras external. So that's great, and it's easy to get into. Uh, the analog slider for IPD is also welcome. I think that that feels great, you know, when you're comparing it to the Oculus ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, I really need to test Revive because there were some games that felt like they were behind a wall to me. Like I was originally planning to go play Dirt Rally. I really wanted to rally in this headset. And Dirt Rally 1, unfortunately, doesn't support, for instance, natively like the Index, Vive. Uh, it's only Rift, actually, that it's got support for. So you have to go through Revive to get to that to that software. Right. Uh, Dirt Rally 2 has support, um, but I know that Dirt Rally 2 is also a machine muncher, and that coupled with the resolution on this headset, I knew wasn't going to fly in a 1080 in my in my system and streaming, so I just said, no, go for that. But I think, in short, if you have a beefy rig and you want the best headset to, to show off what it can do in terms of visuals, and if you're the kind of person, like I'll call a lot of console people or sim racers who are on monitors, on displays... This headset, as you can see, I've I've even taken the audio bits off of it, right? Because um, one of the Mike issues swearing that at I you have right is... now, he's like for crying out <laughs> like, loud, Jesus. Sim, that wasn't the agreement. I send you a headset and it comes back in pieces. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all be wonderfully assembled I'm before joking, you get I'm it joking. back. Uh, actually, I had an issue, and, and some people were saying they were having this, where the audio was not um, as it was assembled when it was delivered to me. The audio in one of the headsets, like if I press slightly down on it, I would get the full connection. Um, and people were saying to me in chat that others who'd received their G2 were having that problem. So it, this, this bipole connection on the left of the headset, which is just the same as the uh, CV1 had, where you could just take one screw and pop the thing off, uh, it was causing a little bit of trouble right Wait, out of the box. So it was it. interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I should also mention that I, I like the reason why Zim is using Velcro as a cable tidy there is because I broke the cable clip. Oh, you broke and, it. I wonder yeah. where it was because Nathan's like, don't break Mike's clip. And I'm like, it wasn't in the box. The, the funny thing is I broke it and I was like, oh, that's just me being an idiot. Like, you know, with my thumb was like mm. heavy handed with my thumb. And then uh, Cass and Chari said that they broke theirs, and then Thrillseeker said he broke his as well. So it didn't feel too bad <laughs> that everyone had broken their headset clips. And I think HP are trying to address it. Somehow. My, like I mine, know. like I was, I was assembling it, and then it was on there, and it was so tight that it just shut away in my living room, and I couldn't find it anymore. You I was like, it. was it even on there? Because it just catapulted. Of the, <laughs> so I didn't broke it, but it was just you like lost it. Yeah, it made, it made me puzzled though because I was like, was, I don't think it was in the box. And Nathy says no. like, don't break Mike's clip. But yeah, I have these. <laughs> um, they're it, from though. Visual. They're just a they're just a a, a Velcro tie, and they're yeah. so handy for all kinds so, of VR things. But so on the on the pro side, lightweight, no light leakage. It is the first headset 
where I put it on my head and I feel disoriented because I literally can't see shit. I can't see my keyboard. I can't see chat. I can't see my hands. I can't see my chest. Nothing. Um, so one of the things that I have queued up for this, there's two, the two tests I want to do still that are really important, I think. Revive. So see what I can play through Revive. How does that act? Because it is because of the Windows MR thing. It, like There's certain games I can't play with it, and I want to see if that fixes that. Um, and then and then the second part is horror games. I think this headset would be very good for horror immersion because it basically bl blacks you out. It's a bit of a problem for me as a streamer who needs to see his keyboard for various interactions um, and chat, but it is the first headset that has blacked me out completely. Did you guys find that there was no light leakage when you used it? I'm curious because I got a big nose, so maybe that's it. I, I had a little bit, but it was definitely reduced more than other headsets. I thought the, the nose flaps did a really good job of blocking it out and the thing is you can't remove them uh they're glued in place so just bear that in mind yeah in case that kind of annoys you but it didn't annoy me like in the way the psvr flaps always kind of like go the wrong way or something funny yeah got nothing like that no. the cons i would say are as i said it, it's capable of wide fov but unlike the quest which i think as close as you ratchet it into your head you really don't get any fov changes this changes dramatically for me 10 15 maybe 20 percent the closer i bring it into my eyes I think it is really demanding of uh, a thinner facial interface because you are spaced quite a bit away from the lenses. And with the facial interface off, you look at those lenses and you go, my God, they're throwing it away with the pad. They're throwing yeah, it away with it, the pad. It's funny that the that, that has become a mod uh, already in the HP Reverb sort of subreddit. Yeah. Um, people using a thinner face pad to increase the field of view. And the funny thing is like, you know, field of view is really subjective, and I don't think people realize that. You know, you, you can measure the field of view in any app that you want, but it all depends on the, the, the thickness of the pad that you're using and the shape of your face and your IPD and all yeah. these other variables that will change the IPD yeah. for everyone. Isn't it in a different way. still kind of strange that that's like getting overlooked in the sense of if you buy a headset, you don't get the option to get more... Like, you do have headsets that come with, for example, two... Uh, covers, but most of them just come with one, and then people just assume that's it. Well, as yeah. Zim said, there is so much more potential there to be able to kind of swap that around with something else that might work a little bit better. Mm. Yeah, um, VR Cover are looking into an official solution for the reverb. Just and I know. think it'll be easy for them. The nice thing is the facial interface is magnetic. Is that the same as the index where it just like snaps yep. on? Yeah. Yep. So that's a lovely. Um, uh, that's it's a lovely. Not the, it's not the same shape as the index one though, so you can't use index ones on. Yeah, I wouldn't expect G2. that, but it's a similar kind of mechanism instead similar of the, mechanism. the kind yeah. of am I going to break this on the Oculus headset that you have in yeah. every one of theirs. Yeah. So let me just talk about the um, cons a little bit that I found uh, on this. So the things that I found, setup was, as I said, for me, out of the box, you just have to know what you're getting into, I think. It's kind of like if you set up the Vive the first time, it probably took you a couple of hours because how am I going to put these base stations up and all that? So a similar setup time to that. The wide FOV at the cost of the facial pressure. Um, the... The this is a very Windows mixed reality thing. Uh, if I say Windows key plus Y, you guys will know what I mean. The yep. fact that it wants it, this is the most needy headset I think I've ever. Can you please, can you please? I love that. Can I have you your keyboard? Can I have like it wants fucking everything? It wants your keyboard. It wants your audio sources. <laughs> Every time the PC boots, it steals from Discord. It steals from Zoom. <laughs> it steals from everything. OBS. All, it just sucks everything. It's a little black hole. This headset, and so that would annoy me if I was if I was if I was swapping between multiple headsets. That would drive me insane. Your tweet was something like, "This is 
she's a beauty, but she's a right needy little bitch. <laughs> I was like, that's genius. It, it's very true. Yeah. Um, so that that would have irked me. The floor height calibration that is so easy on Oculus headsets, like I did, I took for granted. Uh, and I've seen this once before. When I was doing that custom house mapper application, um, it, like the fact that the Guardian system works so well on Oculus's platform, like I definitely take for granted. Here and kind of carrying the headset around felt a little bit clunky. Uh, and the, the boundary Guardian, uh, the Guardian boundary that it that kind of draws for you wasn't as accurate. Um, but the fact that you can disable it quite easily in a simple toggle um, was nice. That way it wasn't getting in my face because when I first sat down to race, there was like a corner of it like jetting into my eye. Anyway, I turned it off. Uh, the options are there generally, I find, to tweak and use the headset how you want. Um, it did set up well, but in certain games like Skyrim, for example, all of a sudden I was, you know, 10 feet above my character and you have to go through a process. Um, this Windows Y thing is like basically saying, I think, yes, I'd like... Windows back, please, because it just, it holds you, you can't use your mouse, you can't use your keyboard, and mm. it wants your audio. So that, that I found to be the funniest thing about the headset. Uh, an important thing, I suppose, if you're a creator, this thing fecking does not like uh, green screens. I looked at a green screen and immediately tracking went bonkers. Um, but if I look at a normal room, it's totally fine. Like mm. I would say it's on par with Quest 1, uh, as we all tried it in PAX uh, before oculus quest one had its more recent updates for so tracking that's very specific yeah because <laughs> i don't even it's like, i don't even know like i i was there but i don't even know what it. it means i'll describe it so okay, sure so it's like you're wearing an astronaut helmet the rift s you could bring your at the time of release when these things first launched you could bring your controllers your touch controllers and touch them to your your, your headset and they would track all the way with this, with the Windows Mixed Reality controllers, it's as if you're wearing a, an astronaut's helmet and that's where the tracking stops. So as you bring them in, they stop maybe three yeah, inches okay, away from okay, your head. Okay, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would say that the tracking... Now, I haven't tried anything like Beat Saber Expert Plus yet. That's part of my test to come. But I would say it's, it's not bad tracking. This is not PSVR-grade tracking. It's just... It just, it's just, uh, it, it's like uh, one generation back in, in, in terms of Oculus tracking, uh, in my opinion, so far from what I've played with it. And this is, again, only on three play sessions. Um, the last thing that I'm going to say, and uh, well, I'll say two last things. So God Rays-wise, um, I find like this is a clearer panel than the Quest. It doesn't seem to have the same kind of God Ray effect that the Quest exhibits, uh, even mm -hmm. now in the Quest 2. So it was a clearer display for me, aside from the sweet spot thing that I mentioned, which I think Quest 2 is, is kind of more fit, more um, linear across the panel. This thing has like that 70% sweet spot in the middle, but what you're looking at is super clear. Almost feels like a very focal display for that reason. Um, no apparent kind of god rays or lens reflections, which is what really irked me on the index. So from a, from a, for a 600 quid headset comparing to the index, Honestly, because I tend to be like a middle-of-the-road kind of guy, if I didn't like Facebook, this is the headset I would probably go for. I would probably just end up being a little bit miffed at the controllers in certain circumstances, like FPSs, because they're pretty big rings. Um, the batteries weren't a problem. I was able to use 1.2-volt Eneloops, uh, and I also got 1.5-volt alkaline batteries for them. Both of them work grand for me. I haven't run them to a low battery level yet, and I can't talk to you about the battery duration. Um, the last thing I'm going to say, and Index people are going to about to slay me, so get ready, but um, the audio solution, uh, I did listen to it for a play session and a half. 
I'm maybe it's we haven't like audio takes time to kind of get rich in terms of its sound and I am coming from a reference pair of HD 600 Sennheisers but the audio really wasn't enough for me like I wasn't wowed by it um, and I would end up using aftermarket headphones even simple ones like um, you know 150 pound headphones or something mm. on instead of the those because I find this kind of like hovering off your ears audio for me personally as a big big headphone nut bit weird just feeling because like, there's nothing on my ears <laughs> and the second thing is audio bleed so if microphones or labs pick it up and it becomes a problem for me right. yeah so that's yeah, a very specific that. creator issue right but um yeah. those are that's my thoughts on the g2 i mean in general i think my my recommend headset right now it hasn't changed it would still be a quest 2 is what i'd recommend as the go-to headset but if you can't get on with facebook or in particularly if you've got a really beefy rig and you want things to um make use of that beefy rig i think it's a pretty good headset for that and and sim racing is definitely a more interesting experience i think i will feel a little bit bad sending it back uh because it's it gives you an advantage racing and i, I will say that it definitely gave me an advantage driving and i think so. i think you know to round this up a really good question and an important question is do you still want one for christmas I still want one for Christmas. Ooh, mm. um, Karen to kill me. Uh, Karen to kill me. <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. but has has your experience uh, enticed you enough to think actually, you know, I'm going to sink sink six hundred bucks of my own money down and buy one myself? If I wasn't in the position where I was about to move, I would definitely consider it for my racing uh, okay. because it's yeah. a. It, it 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 in my opinion it gives you an advantage uh when you're when you're actually driving so yeah, so for, for racing and 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 let's say for the casual beat saber the casual casual players will have no problem one. with it i think it's it's a fine headset as a casual vr headset mm. um you know it's very comfortable aside from the fact like if you ratchet it in to get the extra fov yeah it comes a little less comfortable they're going to solve that with a facial interface change but yeah, it'll be fine. Like if anyone gets this headset, mm. and as I said, isn't too much a fan of, of Facebook, then it's the right headset for you, I think. Um, yeah. It's only the controllers that are going to bug people. But I haven't found tracking issues. I haven't found any tracking issues for myself. I think it's a solid nice. summary. Yeah. Really yeah. appreciate uh, your feedback on it, dude. I think it was interesting to send it over to you and get your perspective on it. Uh, certainly great. from a it was very well packaged. I, I, if anyone saw the tweet where I was pulling it out of a box, that wasn't Mike. Mike packaged it well. Well, well based based on based on this stuff, I would buy one too. Based on what you just said, I'm like, okay, yeah, sounds it's, like a fine. Uh, I really want to fly headset. with it next. You know, I really want to see it yeah. squadrons once we get squadrons, that update. My favorite experience with that headset overall. Like squadrons is amazing, and I'm looking forward to getting it back so I can play some more <laughs> eventually. But there's no rush. You, you carry on your testing. There's no rush. I've got plenty to keep me busy with the just PS5 a week or as two well. And I'll, I'll get it back in your nice hands, Mike. So thank you again for sending it. That was that was You're awesome to, to receive. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, now we're going to pass it back to you again for some more talking. So <laughs> it's Zim's um, show now. <laughs> it is Zim's show, but we've got loads to talk about actually. In terms of, we've got some free games, we've got some uh, releases, and something I'm very excited about as well. So, 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 so I'm curious because you're talking free games, and I'm looking through my list going like, that's paid, that's paid, that's paid. Is there something? So we'll we'll see. If I don't cover it, then you can cover it, Mike. And we'll give you a sure. spot back. Yeah. So, sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Sounds good. So, a um, couple of things. Now I'm gonna start off with the lowest spot of all of I have to talk about, and this is double the length of what we normally have. So apologies if you don't like my voice, then uh, you're gonna want to bugger off now. <laughs> you don't like uh, my voice. <laughs> 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 it's gonna be a long show. If 
you don't like your voice. <laughs> it's gonna be a yeah. long show. Um, yeah. So this first one, uh, this is this is my, uh, my 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 worst piece of the week, and I say that now because I know I've said two indie things over the last two shows, but this one I just had to I had to cover. This is called. Uh, this is the this is what the rift is turning into. Okay, this is why I wanted to cover this. This is the seven mile ritual launched on rift for four pounds or about five dollars. Samson Films, nineteenth of November. Uh, this is from the creators of the Elevator Ritual. Comes a new horrific VR experience unlike any other. Uh, this is about a malevolent tow truck named the Wrecker. Uh, that oh is after God. you. Okay, <laughs> so this is really weird. It's it's a 2020 thing. Every year since 1995, this malevolent tow truck comes to Brightwood and goes on a killing rampage. While the town is under curfew, <laughs> it's your job to deliver pizza and make sure customers get other essentials. But watch <laughs> out! Somewhere in the darkness, the wrecker lurks, searching for a new victim. There's so you always have this... pizza involved in these terrible games. <laughs> it's very true, Mike. It's very true. Yeah. Uh, so basically, it's a horror-driving RPG game, and I've never heard that combination before. Horror-driving an RPG. <laughs> they ask you to immerse yourself into the dark history of Brightwood. It features a couple of different modes, so whether you want it really tough or, or, or quite easy. It's a scary campaign short that features funk, soul, and grindhouse music from favorite, obviously, uh, films. Dozens of car upgrades and items are available to buy and trade, and while you drive, a self-driving enemy AI hunts you down so you got to exercise the wrecker um using the seven mile ritual which is what something you'll learn during the game and this is a haunted race uh while you're being roamed and and uh, uh chased by spirits and ghosts the the thing is that i noticed from the trailer here is that you got rammed off the road and i was thinking that's like motion sickness simulator right there i'm gonna be throwing my ring up playing this game yeah i think it i think it is it's just it's such a bizarre combination of things um this is what the oculus rift has come to so when i've been asked the question over the week as people are coming towards christmas and wondering what headset to get they're like hey should i get a rift s or a quest 2 absolutely with the link get a quest 2 Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rift S is unfortunately dying a death. The store shows it. Oh, my that God. is the last thing that was released. Um, and there isn't a lot coming out uh, week on week. So this is kind of part warning, part recommendation that go for the Quest 2. Or if you can wait, because people are a bit irate over the G2 and um, the lack of responsiveness. It's like, I pre-ordered. When's it coming, guys? Um, you know, then consider that I, uh, for your uh, potential G2 order as well. I would like to invite Mike Fredu to play this game and then raid the store again. You're gonna make yeah. me blow water out my nose, Nathy. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Turned him into a dolphin for a second. <laughs> Blowing water out of his blowhole. I'm, I'm gonna get a new nickname after that. Okay, let me give you the next one. As we got plenty to go for. So this one's slightly better. I do say slightly. This is PCVR. It's called Stargaze. This one's available for $20 or $15.49 in pounds and landed on the 20th of November from developer Played with Fire. So this is an astronomer's game. Bit of an odd one. Um you gaze into the stars as a curious astronomer in this magical adventure game, okay? Uh, you influence a galaxy of planets, um, and you find different angles and perspectives using your instruments to un uncover these secrets. It feels very much, in its puzzling, like The Room to me. So any fans of The Room who really want something where you're sat in place uh, VRifying, then this one uh, might, might wet your whistle. You take photos and note down your observations to complete your book of research, and you try to solve this ultimate cosmic mystery. Uh, or just sit down and chill out while you're stargazing. But I think you probably will just, you know, rush your way through this title. Um, 
The whole point about this is that there's interstellar travels that were stylized by uh, like hand-drawn, like book-like illustrations. Uh, and this is like a cosmic fable. So this game has been inspired by storytelling, uh, brings it to you in VR hands. And as you grab these like Polaroid photographs, you, you kind of continue the journey. As I said, it felt very much to me in its both explanation <clears throat> and its, its kind of detailed telling by the developer as something akin to the room experience. Um, and that's Stargaze. So for PC VR mm -hmm. folks and on Windows Mixed Reality, since we're talking about it, uh, Stargaze landed on the 20th of November. Nice. Yeah, that one looks kind of interesting, I think. Yeah, cool. I like yeah, The Room so. a lot. It was one of my, uh, one of my favorite games, actually, um, yeah. recent, of recent times. What, I really room, enjoyed it. The Room with the 28 floors or just The Room VR? Oh, a dark no, no, no. I don't I can't remember. What, was it 11 floors or 13 floors? 13, the game? was. 20, 21 floors, floors that only actually had three floors. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember how many. Yeah. Amazing marketing there. <laughs> Good job. Incredible. Job. All right, nice. next one. This one I know is a favorite of us. Um, this is uh, Wolves in the Walls coming to Quest. Yay. So for seven pounds or about ten dollars from Fable Studio on the nineteenth of November, we've got. Um, so it's twenty-first of November. We've got uh, a title that is really interesting. Um, social slash AI project, on um, and the facade of this project uh, is eight-year-old Lucy. So. Lucy is this character in what could be maybe best described as a, a VR short story tale um, where she's uh, talking to her mom, her brother, her dad, and she's going through this very attic-esque um, environment. And she's talking to her parents. No one will believe her that she's hearing wolves through the walls. Lovely little story. Um, and behind all of this, and the reason why this, uh, this studio won the 2019 uh, Emmy for Outstanding Innovation in Interactive Media, is what you don't know is interactivity with Lucy has a back door to it. And actually what they're trying to do is turn Lucy into an AI-driven, uh, long-term, long-form game experience where you're actually like Minecraft, procedurally able to interact with Lucy on social media, you can sign up to her Instagram, and she ends up being a virtual friend. Um, so this is really odd, but I think the thing that's the most stark in the game for me is when Lucy turns to you as the as the player and the protagonist, the one she's confiding in to talk about these wolves that she's listening to in the walls, and she starts to ask you questions, and you're kind of like, huh, what's going on here? Um, and then she'll react with you. It, it's very odd, and to me it's the tip of the iceberg on what is a very large... Uh, and maybe to some people um, concerning kind of social slash AI project, it's, because I think the data that drives this is really interesting. And where this takes us next, particularly for the person who's alone at home, trapped in because of COVID, doesn't have a friend in the world, you know, could you could you augment that with a with an AI friend? That's where they want to take this. You know it's what not that, just this one experience. You know what that reminds me of? Uh, Mike will probably know as well because he played it as well. Um, is the Detroit Become Human the main menu? Mm. Ah, the yeah. main menu screen, yeah. right? Mm. Where you also what? have something that you described now. Is is there? Uh, if you haven't tried that game yet and you really want like a mind blowing experience, uh, I definitely check that out because uh, e even the main menu is is worth it in itself. I'm not yeah. going to say more than that. No, but the, the wolves and the walls. Uh, I remember you recommended it a while ago. And I checked it out and I really loved it. I thought it was a really nice story. 
Um, I think it's quite expensive. Well, I, it's not expensive for what it is because it is amazing, but you wouldn't. It's not something you'd play through multiple times. I think yeah, you have play to be happy once. with the tenor. Flush a tenor for uh, an experience that'll for an you experience. know last yeah. forty five minutes or something. I think, think it was. Yeah, think of it like a more. like a, a show, like a, an interactive yeah. like uh, theater experience. I think that's probably more what it's mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very very well done. One of the best I've ever seen, in fact. Um, and I think you could actually get it for free on Rift, and it is cross-platform, cross-buy. So if you if you uh, if you added it to your Rift library for free, for free, you'll be able to play it on your your Quest for free. Um, but yeah, I think now it's like eight pounds. I think. Oh, Am I right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, yes, and and that's that's really interesting. I wonder if that trick still works, or if well, maybe after this show, it doesn't. Paid. <laughs> yeah, they're, gonna, they're gonna lock that down. But it's um, funny, um, seven pounds, seven pounds, and run about ten dollars. Yeah. Okay, Chris Richardson in the chat says, "Any anyone remember Milo for Xbox? That kind of oh, Milo. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. It was for for the Kinect actually, and it was kind of one of the first times that they had really done that kind of like player." Uh, interacting with an AI character, it never really like lived up. It never actually released as a product in the end. But this is actually probably the closest thing you could you could play to that that is actually working right now, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. And that was actually going to be my question. Was I thought Milo was only a tech demo that never saw saw uh, consumer shelves? Is that yeah. right, or did yeah. it actually? Yeah, it never, it never came out. Yeah. It never came out. Okay, okay. Well, um, next, okay, free games. Oh, this one is a free game. Yeah, okay. So there's so much on this week, I can't even can't even fit it all in my brain. So, um, Asgard's Wrath is probably the last game that I thought would be given for free. But if you are somebody who um, who is a new Quest Do buyer since the uh, since the twentieth of of November. And all the way until the 31st of January, um, you're going to get to unlock by connecting your quest to a PC through Oculus Link. Uh, you'll actually be able to redeem a free copy of Asgard's Wrath. Um, I put out a funny little meme about this because I think it's a very small crossover between the people who have uh, an Oculus Quest 2 and the people who have a, a machine and the storage 130 gigabytes for the install of Asgard's Wrath free. But as a free game that you could redeem now and play even in a year or two, I think it would still hold up. Um, but, yeah. but but why, why? Of course, it's nice. It's free. But why are they doing this? Because I, I barely have seen any AAA game of this size. Uh, I, I, have been, I have a, I have a, I have a I thought. Wanna, I wanna, there is a reason for it. Yeah. For sure. So my thought is this. I think this is a really silly corporate strategy, but I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat for a moment. I think Medal of Honor because of how it has been advertised, might cause a ripple in December that, hey, wait a second, you advertised this as a, a PC game, um, as a Quest game, and, you know, I expected to be able to play that. Like, oh, well, if you bought a Quest, you get this other free PC VR game. I don't know. I think it's a bit of a throw the dog of free yeah. bones so they don't complain yeah, because, about something else. Because it's what a I bizarre also, strategy. Because what I also noticed is that they created a brand new trailer for Asgard's Wrath. For this holiday season. Not quite. So I was actually, Not I have quite. that queued up and I'm going to show it. So you're talking about the animated short that the animation yeah. Yeah, studio yeah, yeah, yeah. behind Sanzaru queued up, which is bizarre. It's really strange because it's kind of like very mature and it's nothing to do with the actual game. It's got the game characters in it, but the gameplay looks a little bit like, I don't know, Walking Dead Onslaught or something. Um, it's really strange. I'm rolling it now. So The Fearless is an animated short 
that was created by the team, and they decided they wanted to, to, to give that out. So they said, the animation team proposed doing a set of short sketches using assets from the game, mm-hmm. so they devised their own skits, composed and recorded their own rock music tracks uh, to, to put this trailer out. I don't know, it doesn't seem like it should have been on the Oculus account. It seems misleading to me. It doesn't appear anything well, like I the actual game. I thought this was an ad for it. For I thought it was Asgard's an ad, Red. and that's why I, I posed it back to them. I said, what the heck is this? It's going to put people off, because that's not Asgard's. Asgard's looks completely different. Yeah. So, it's very weird. Maybe very weird. Uh, they just want people to connect their Quest 2s to a PC in the holidays because they want to boost the sales of Medal of Honor maybe on, yeah. the, on the Oculus platform uh-huh. instead of Steam VR. That's a good one. Or just to, or just to uh, lift up, because Oculus Link itself, remember, they probably haven't done a huge marketing campaign, in other words, getting uh, fancy trailers and that together, because they didn't know if they were going to make it, because they didn't make it for launch, so how do they know they're going to make it the month after, right? So I think that this is probably like a big red flag that says, everyone should pay attention to my, to, to, the, to Oculus Link, because it works, and you can play this awesome game that we have. Yeah, and, and, That's probably more likely. And, and again, as I said, like they you know advertise the Quest 2 as a um, standalone, but also a PC VR headset, but they don't really make any content for the pc side so maybe they were like okay if we only go for medal of honor um, but but again i i don't think they have any responsibility to satisfy that part of the market because as you said it's so tiny compared to the mobile side so uh, to me it's it's so weird like this game uh shouldn't be free that's what i'm saying uh, it's, of, of course like you know nice it's always it is nice, nice to get free stuff it is a nice but, but it has um, a purpose. And, and also as a game you know, it, it's a solid one, That's and you know, if, if you haven't got that much content to play over the holidays, <laughs> it's one of those games that you could easily sink what thirty hours into um, before you, you just finish pick it. it up. And by the time you know that you you buy a new PC in the in the future or whatever, then you know you get the chance to play it then. What I don't get is why wouldn't they go for it? like if 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 I was designing that package, I if I I would have just reached far far back. I would have given Lucky's Tale for free. Because the the, the system Lucky's requirements tail. for Lucky's Tale are so limited. Yeah, but the thing is, they are not. And it will be yeah, true. Samey, true. It'll be samey. It'll be like gamepad gameplay, and a, a gamer who's new to VR might be like, "Oh, well, mm. what's this all about?" But it's, it's, it's just very strange to go for Asgard's Wrath. It's got the most storage capacity required. It's got some of the highest spec requirements. It's so strange, but right? The, the, fact, the fact they're giving their best cards shows that they don't necessarily care about the PC VR scene and are really going to make a lot of content for the standalone market. Yeah, but they also are going to fuck off people who, 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 who got a quest before this, this deal. Like, why aren't they giving this to every quest owner? I don't know. You know it's, I mean? it's funny, it, like, Ray uh, Delator says in the chat, it shows how much we don't trust Zuckerberg. They're giving us a free game and we're very suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not even true. that. It's, the, but, it's like I'm not suspicious. It's like questioning it's just, it. It's like it's why, just a bizarre why strategy, no, it right? Is, it like, is strange. No, it, is it is strange. It is strange. I don't know. Anyway, you, you just think it, like they must have a reason to to give this. Well, away. we're gonna think, we're gonna we're, like like we're gonna see we're we're definitely gonna see what they're gonna do with PCVR when the Rift S is getting discontinued. We'll see. But I, as I said, I don't think there's gonna be any more PCVR content uh, coming. Yeah, really. the interesting effect of this is gonna be you know like when they they included a DVD in the box of I don't know Avatar or Titanic or something like that and they're like oh we had x many sales like if this counts to their numbers um i'm just interested because obviously you know this cost them a lot of money to, to create that that game is very it asset is. heavy um, we've also got to remember that sans are a part of oculus now right yeah yeah so i mean so that, that could be because otherwise they had to pay sensoru to make it free um, again like if we're if you're going to do this again right if you're going to do this again 
why not give Beat Saber? Why not give Beat, the, the number of Beat packs that you have? Well, they're, they're giving their best they one because they're going to crush gonna, it. Yeah, but they want to sell. They want to sell, as you said. They want to sell something, and they're giving the best game uh, uh, people can they, get. Um, yeah, so. I guess. But it's extortion. It was like forty quid anyway. So Asgard's Wrath is there. I, okay. I still feel very <laughs> lukewarm about it. It gets it plateaus and gets very samey after about six hours. Uh, but up to that point, it is jaw-droppingly gorgeous. And I think Agreed. on Quest 2's display, it's worth maybe reinstalling it, it, as well. It, so. it shows again like the magnitude of Facebook, where I don't know how many millions this game has cost, and they just release it like it's nothing. Well, let's say Half-Life Alex would be free now this Christmas. It's like, oh, here, it's free. Here, yeah, go absolutely. play. Like, Who does that? <laughs> Who the heck does that? That's like super rare. So, uh, yeah, again, it Facebook, is, you know, yeah. playing, showing their best cards. Yeah, there's a there's a name for that. The, anyway, I'll, I'll save it. BSDs, if you know the acronym. Anyway, so next, uh, this is something I have to highlight. I know we were talking a lot about Pop One. This crowd has obviously gotten it in our veins. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Pop One at the moment. There's this Harvest Havoc thing that's live at the minute. For 10 days, you have the option to go and grind on Pop One. And obviously, this is going to be tough, uh, tough stuff for any competitors to Pop One. Mm. And think of a few. Um, where you can go and basically like Elite Dangerous in the missions that they had in multiplayer in that game, you get to tier up. So if you have so many kills and whatever, you get points over these next 10 days. If you're in the top 15%, if you're in the top 35%, you get certain rewards at the end of the period as of November 30th. Oh, okay. So this is uh, going to yeah. really attract people into playing more and more and more yeah, over yeah, these yeah. next 10 days. And it might even get people hooked on the game who weren't previously you know, uh, attached to social. I see. So I see. They're going for the, actually, they're going they're testing it now, and I think in the end they're going for season awards. Uh, yeah, well that's gonna that's gonna come. The thing that I can I can see uh from from uh Big Box is that they are they are prepared with a uh pipeline of content, which is good to see. Because I don't think they could have anticipated that their game was gonna be quite as infectious as it has been. Um, and having this pipeline there gives them a real spine and they're already able to deliver it and put these modifiers mm -hmm. into the game. Some have been good, some people haven't liked, but here's another kind of week in a bit for you to be playing Pop 1 and, uh, you know, play competing against your friends in the world. So interesting to see how that goes, particularly in the last, like, day and a half where people are grinding to stay in whatever tier <laughs> so they get the special skin. <laughs> that's going to be uh, that's gonna be a hard next week and a half for, for, for some people who uh, are a fan of that game. They are super smart. They are super smart keeping people in that game. It's like bravo to them. They're well like done. drug. They're like drug dealers. They really they are. are. Uh, they really are. Um, <laughs> this next one is a small update to uh, a fan, a, a game that I'm quite a fan of, uh, Racket NX. Quite an aerobic title, like Racquetball. They've got co-op support just added. Thought I'd mention this because again, they're also uh, touting the fact that they've got account, same account sharing. We've talked about this on a few different episodes. So if you have like three or four headsets, for example, you can hop in here. Um, and you can play a match, you know, one-to-one -one with someone. And now it's kind of co-op instead of just competitive gameplay. So that's a quick one on Racket NX. And just flying through these mentions so you get them. One that really, really excites me. Um, got to play this a little bit earlier. And I, and I played it before and after the update. Autica has a 90 hertz update. They've updated their graphics, custom gun support. And I have to say, and I, I don't say this lightly, this game now on Quest 2 has perfect visuals. Uh, it almost looks better than PC, 
to me. It might even be better than PC. I haven't done side by side, but everything is perfect. The text, the energy beams, all that kind of stuff. The trailer looks shite compared to the actual game in Quest 2 <laughs> is all I can say. But if you are an Autica fan, jump in. There's tons of tracks that have been released in the last six months. Um, check it out again. It really works well. With I just want two. that to be a tagline in their trailer. Zimtag 5, trailer looks shite in comparison to what it looks like in the headset. Yeah. accolade. This is, Couple more things. This is one of those trailers where they could have just done it in first person and it just looks uh, way better straight way away. Way better. Yeah. It's really hard getting uh, Autica looking good, actually, because they always go for this like wild field of view and I don't think it looks very engaging. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, next, our, 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 our big friend, Guy Godin, over at Virtual Desktop, has released a phenomenal update, which I was able to check out yesterday. It is coupled with the previous 90 Hertz update. There's new a new environment, which is really stunning, and I, I need to talk about this. So there was an 8K live video, I say live, captured live, video reel of Chicago out the window of a brand new apartment. It's really well detailed. It's got an NZXT case underneath the desk. Um, you have three different modes, daytime, uh, dusk, and nighttime. When you switch into nighttime, you flip over to the couch and you can watch the television. Otherwise, you're in front of a monitor with some lovely speakers, you know, augmenting in this gorgeously appointed apartment studio. Coffee it's really, great. really cool. So it looks amazing. It, oh, it's really great. The thing is, when you look out the window at Chicago, you see the traffic moving because it's an 8K capture from Chicago oh, Live. Wow, and wow. they got it during the daytime, at night and everything. And you can just you can see people like cycling up and down the street and you're like, holy oh, shit, that looks incredible. Dude, dude, That's um, really imagine, impressive. If, imagine if you can do that with, as we said before, where you can map your room and then put that video behind your window and suddenly you have a feeling you're in a skyscraper. Well, you yeah. would never be able to afford that. That would be so much fun. Well, that's exactly it. It gives you that feeling like you're in this like high-rise apartment and you can just like look out on 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 you know the the nighttime scene and it is it is really mm. really convincing. A lot of people are saying like that they they didn't realize it was it was live and they looked out and they're like, "Oh shit, there's traffic." Also the moving. lighting, like I see the video now, like the lighting is also on Looks point, amazing, man. Yeah. Like pretend uh, you're rich. Holy shit. You this is exactly it. I mean, this is way nicer than my place, so I will be spending time. <laughs> nice. But like the distance that they have the TV from the couch it makes, with the Quest 2 panel, it makes anything you watch on Netflix or Amazon Home uh, Prime Video perfect. I mean, like, like you can't tell with your eyes, and it's just like you're sitting on the couch. It's amazing. This, this, this could be Oculus Rooms right here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The thing, the only thing leave, is, it, leave it to Key to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, like, the thing is, I look down the, uh, the corridor on the left in the apartment, I'm like, there's one thing it reminded me of, and it's Phasmophobia. Oh. Down that corner. And I'm like, I'm like, there's fucking ghosts oh, down no. this here. Like, and you can't go. You can't go in the corridor. So oh. that's now itching my brain. Like, what's down the corridor? So, Gee, if you ever wanted to it's patch something Mike for Halloween. Mike getting strangled. Yeah, Mike getting strangled and, and dragged hey, down the corridor, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so one other thing that they fixed, okay, in uh, Virtual Desktop. So if we talked about Stormland before and how Mike absolutely loves that game, but Stormland played through Virtual Desktop now works. Uh -huh. uh, he fixed a bug that actually has fixed several other games. Uh, one of the games that I really wanted to work on Virtual Desktop but hasn't so far is From Other Sons. 
I will go and test that, and I'll report back next week if it worked or not. Because nice. this fix is not just fixed Stormland, it's more of a global update. And so if there are games that you tried with Virtual Desktop before that haven't worked, I recommend you go retest them. I'm so surprised From Mother Suns hasn't been ported over to Quest yet. Yeah, Yeah, it has to be. It has to be, right? I mean, like that game games, is so great. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's a social one as well, and it's so much fun playing with friends. I think we have plans yeah. to play that because I'm still uh, wanting to go back because it's been like ages since I played 84 that years. 84 years ago. 84 years ago. Well, I, I will report back, Nathie, if it's working now yeah, on virtual desktop, yeah. we all pop in our Quest 2s that's, and that's bang. That's a good well, this, yeah, this, ended, this ended pretty well, I gotta say. Uh, I, I thought we were going, like, that first game's like, oh my god, here we go again with these strange ass <laughs> We're not finished yet, I got three yes. more things. Oh, we're you're, you're ending with more shuffleware? No, 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 this you're is You're gonna prime, prank us prime. in the end? Oh, that's gonna be good. This is it's gonna prime be good. steak, my friend. Prime steak. Oh, prime okay. steak. Next one. Mm. <laughs> Next one. So, uh, jumping into, of course, Ready Player Two. Right? There's a. Uh. There is. There is the book coming. I didn't even know this. I've totally taken my eye off the ball. The Ready Player Two book is published on t- November 24th. Um, so, if you are a Ready Player One fan, as many of us are, then look forward to the next novel uh, from Eric Klein. And uh, in celebration of this wonderful event. Um, big screen. <laughs> Ernest Klein. What did I call him? Eric. Good old Eric Klein. <laughs> His mates call him Eric. His nephew. by his cousin. <laughs> if, if, if you watch this, <clears throat> Ernest, then uh, you just tweet at me. Yeah? Add some talk five. Imagine yeah, like right. Zim is sitting there. He has like an exclusive interview. So Eric, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you guys can call me Jim, I can fucking call Eric, America. Okay, right? That's it. That's it. Anyway, so yes, the best-selling author <laughs> Ernest Klein uh, of Ready Player One will be doing a live uh, Q and A in big screen on December fifth at eight p.m. Eastern time, five p.m. Pacific time, uh-huh. and sometime in the middle of the morning here in the UK. Oh, <laughs> um, God. And talking about uh, Ready Player Two. So that's mm. that's on December 5th. I, I uh, wonder if he's already into talks with uh, Peter Spielberg to make like the next, <laughs> next movie. <laughs> Peter Spielberg. <laughs> but yeah, the book, the book is coming out on the 24th of November, right? And uh, yeah. there's also an audiobook. So if you're not really into books, I would highly recommend uh, the audiobook. The original was read by Will Wheaton and he's doing the new one as well. So um, God. Yeah. yeah, looking forward to listening to the audiobook. That's the way I'm going to consume I'm curious content. if it's going to get better or because usually a second one is like, is this really next? necessary or not well yeah. that's going to be the real question he's, he's got to really make i mean uh, it's got to be like i've got the power now it's got to be like one of the follow-ups of the matrix because the end of the matrix was you now have the keys to the kingdom which is kind of like the end of ready player one it's like you now have the keys to the kingdom what are you going to make of it um so either there's going to be a bad dude or bad lady go after him and want the keys or he's going to feck up somehow and there's going to be a romantic twist where it's like you know, he and the girl, um, you know, have some 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 problems. Maybe maybe may, may, maybe it's a rom com. Maybe the next one starts with with IOI making a quest two. Yeah. Maybe they go back in time. <laughs> back in time. Movie. Back in time. <laughs> yeah, it's like we re-travel to everything. They pull back a Back to the Future episode out of it. Yeah, mm. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. I am I as well. The, I love the first book. Like the movie was good, but the book is way better. This is all crept up on me, though. Like, I just, um, I, I wasn't ready for a next book yet, and uh, I'm glad that it's coming out. I'm probably Someone mentions in the chat, because um, Ernest Klein also wrote the book uh, Armada, which is kind of similar in that um, 
mm. you know, it's kind of like a, a, a video game player who kind of gets pulled into like a, mm. you know, like a space combat situation. A bit like that old movie, like uh, Last Starfire, I think it was called. I don't know if you ever remember that. It's a real classic from the 80s. Um, he was like an arcade machine player and then got sucked into like a being a Starfighter pilot. Um, but it's kind of like that, but it wasn't as good as Ready Player One, in my opinion. Mm. Okay. There we go. Yeah, that, that one doesn't ring a bell, but um, thank you, Mike. Mm. So that's, uh, that's again, a big screen event coming up on the 5th of December. Um, two more little bits. So Vacation Simulator uh, this week land launched experimental hand tracking, which is really neat. You get gumby little gumby hands, and it works very well. Quest 1, Quest 2 support, both there. Um, and it's, it's interesting playing a quite a fundamental game. Now, this is not Job Simulator. It's Vacation Simulator, just to differentiate between Oh, they the didn't two. update them both. Uh, I haven't tested Job Simulator, but I understand that it was only Vacation yeah, Simulator. No, it's only, it's only Vacation, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Which is which I actually think is the weaker of the two, even though it's more, it's got more to Open. do in it. Yeah. I like Job and Simulator. It's, and it's older better. too, you know, it's a very old title now. So there's new, like Vacation Simulator is built on the newest whatevers, and, you know, that might exactly. also be a part of the... That's why I figured they, they just focused on the new code instead. And but, I think also the new one didn't sell as well as the first, so maybe with the hand tracking thing, they might be able to get some more sales going as well. Yeah. I've, I've checked it out. Like, it's, um, I would say it's, it's, I wouldn't call it hit and miss, but I would say that the experimental title is still appropriate for it. You can grab mugs and stuff. It's more like the release of items that is mm -hmm. a little bit sticky at the moment. But yeah, you were able to, you're able to grab whatever, grab a mug, fill a cup, throw things around. Mm -hmm. That's probably the best part. If you want to just go in and, and wreck house, you totally can now. And also it's a nice demonstration if you're hanging around relatives, you know, for the holidays. Show them, you know, cubism hand tracking. Show them yeah. uh, vacation simulator. It's another quality title uh, that they can play around with with no controllers, which is pretty magical. Or, or, or yeah, let them uh, play that, that, that sandbox one, the hands uh, physics uh, lab, and let them saw their fingers off and chop <laughs> their hands off and then let them see their hands walk away like uh, in the Adams yeah. family. Just okay. emotionally scar them for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Good the way job. to go. That's what you should do yeah, with friends and fun. family, really. Speaking of friends and family, F-Reality tomorrow will be doing a live stream. Uh, we're doing VR chat among us. So along with some friends, we've got 10 VR content creators uh, crewed up. You can watch either over on ZimTalk5 uh, or <laughs> many other channels who will be broadcasting at the same time. Um, this is going to be starting at 7 p.m. UK time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern. 8 p.m. European for two hours. Come along for some stabby, McStabby fun. Mm. Yeah, I've never, we've, most of us have never played Among Us before. So playing in VR in VR chat is going to be super interesting. Yeah. It's going to bring out the most devious in us, I think. Yeah, sure, Mike Two Face. Sure. I think yeah. my favorite part about uh, VR chat Among Us is the fact that the vents, you actually go into the vents like you're the alien in Predator Amazing. or one of yeah. the Alien games. That is the best part. Yeah, you can make that noise all you like because we won't be able to hear you. You're actually silent when you're playing and oh. then there's like a spectator. So when you're killed, you get to watch and listen as Mike stabs us all in the back. And so it's quite fun from both angles. So uh, look cool. out for that. That's tomorrow. And that's it for our releases and mentions for the week. There's one more. Nice. Okay, Mike, what, what did I miss? Elite Dangerous is currently Elite. free on the Epic Game Store. 
Uh, we mentioned that last week, but oh, yes, okay. it's a fair it's a fair shout for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. Plus, if you just got a G two, I hear that Elite Dangerous looks bloody sick in uh, in the G two. So yeah, if sure you haven't hopped be. back into yeah. Elite for a while, or maybe you didn't own it, you can also do planetary landings in that one because the Horizons yeah, they, update comes with that as well. I think well. they updated the tutorials too, so everything is a bit more you know fresh. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. There's there's so much stuff going on. Like I'm almost happy that we do this show every week because otherwise I don't think I'd actually be able to keep up with all the VR stuff going on right now. We also like, we actually, even have to skip a lot too. Like someone was we, we just do. saying like, hey, what about the JVC headset? I'm like, yeah, sure. But if you want to have a six yeah. hour show, then yeah. stick along. I also I also skipped about VR Chat Plus, but I'll probably talk about that next week. Maybe with the JVC headset. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we have this show that I can even recap myself what's going on in the VR industry because it's hard to keep up sometimes, I feel like. But, yeah, yeah you, could, you did a good job, lads. Well done. Um, so, yeah, uh, have a great week in VR. I'm going to round up the... Uh, what am I doing? I'm going to round up the show. <laughs> what, what, am gonna do? what am I doing? What am I going to do now? Uh, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> just stay what here am I doing <laughs> Eric, help so, me! <laughs> so let, me, let me round up the show. So just a reminder... This is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show, live-streamed every Saturday on YouTube and on Twitch. The show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US. Also, go and check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Rowdy does an excellent job to make it sound beautiful for your ears. Hit that like button if you're watching the live stream now. We love you all. We appreciate all your support, and thank you for joining us again on another weekly show. Uh, have a great week in VR. Check out the live stream tomorrow of us stabbing each other in the back in Among Us. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, if you don't, have a great week, and we'll see you on the next one. So until then, take care. And, and mind All your right. wallets. Black Friday's coming up. Jesus. Winter is coming. Bye-bye for now. See you later. Bye.